From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Yep. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Welcome to the program, a... A big, big list of news items that we will share this hour. Kirk Conover in the next hour. Chuck Malamut at 8. Dr. Bob Zlotnick at 9. It is a jam-packed event here on the Hurley in the Morning program, The Truth in Broadcasting. Since no one else does what we do, uh, it's uh, it's always that way. I like what Ted Cruz is doing, and I want to open with this. Ted Cruz is demanding that Merrick Garland explain the Department of Justice's response to protests at the Supreme Court associate justices' homes. In other words, no response. These protests are criminal activities. I took some time this morning before airtime, and I read 18 U.S.C. 1507. It's, It's all right there. You cannot do this. Also, and we're going to get Kirk's take on this as well. How about this this group, this this um, group of skanks? Shut down D.C. They're offering fifty dollars to people. Now, this has to be a criminal act. They're offering to pay people to harass any of the justices that voted in the majority to uphold the Mississippi abortion law, a case known as Dobbs v. Jackson. And in addition to the $50, they'll Venmo you $200 if when you tell them where these justices are at any given moment, if they're still there 30 minutes after your message, you get 200 And we never hear anything from this weaselly mouth, sounds like a cartoon character, Merrick Garland. Can you can you thank Mitch McConnell, who gets a lot of crap for keeping Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court? Can you imagine that punk on the United States Supreme Court for life? What a justice. I mean, what a what a service is what I meant to say. What a service to our country. But I want to make sure you know this. This this progressive, nasty pro-abortion group. They have put a bounty. On six conservative Supreme Court justices. And I, I want to just make a point. Democrats can go anywhere they want. They can take their families out to dinner. They can go to a movie. They can go to a show. They can go to a restaurant. And no one bothers them. No one would think of bothering them. You see, we don't act the way the other side does. The other side that will call you a fascist, which is ridiculous because you're not. 
are guilty of what they accuse you of being. But I, I, I ask you to just either ponder that, remember it. Maybe you haven't thought of that before. Clarence Thomas. Brett Kavanaugh. That uh, absolute jackass Maxine Waters. You get in their faces. You don't let them have peace. Interrupt them when they're eating. I don't ever want to have one of those positions, positions, but but every once in a while, I think, man, if I had it, if I had the power, I'd be charging all of them. I'd have them tied up in knots with criminal charges they would be answering to. I'm sick and tired of one side getting absolutely. I mean, go look at this Hunter Biden stuff and Joe Biden stuff. And we have to listen to headline after headline, top of the news every single time about the January 6th committee. Shut up. Start talking about this prostitute uh, solicitor, crack smoker, international thief, art fake, author, book writing fake. Get into all this, why don't you? Do you notice? They won't do it. A handful of people will bring it up, but they won't do it. There is incontrovertible evidence because this Hunter Biden, on top of being uh, a non-comp, is also the most ridiculous documenter of his life. I mean, there are people that film certain things. I mean, uh, who, who am I thinking of? Uh, Val Kilmer, probably one of the most documented people in human history. You may not know that, but I'm telling you, it's true. You wouldn't believe how much of his life he has videoed. I've never, honestly, I've never seen anything like it. I was, I was stunned by it, but it's all good stuff. It's it's not smoking crack pipes and two whores sitting on you and all this different stuff. It's unbelievable. Have you heard the tape of what he calls his father? It rhymes with pedophilia. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on. And the media has no intellectual curiosity whatsoever. They can't deny it's not true anymore but they simply refuse to cover it let me tell you something i do know joe biden knows it if he has any awareness of anything because i think there's a a very good chance that he has very little awareness of anything that's going on around him but the people around him know there is an absolute storm that is brewing that will probably have to wait six months. But it is coming. If you think uh, crazy uh, Chuck Schumer yelling that the uh, you've released the whirlwinds 
if you think that's something, I mean, it's, it's not going to be hell. It's like Harry Truman. I gave him the truth. They only, they only thought it was hell. The truth is going to rain on the Bidens. In, in a way that has not ever been seen before. Wait, wait for those hearings. I want those primetime hearings playing the tapes of Hunter Biden saying how much the big guy gets. Paying all the bills for the family for 30 years. I mean, where where are all the IRS implications to all this? Where did all this money go? I mean, it, it appears that Hunter snorted a lot of it and smoked a lot of it and did some other things with it. And here's another thing. The media just says, oh, yeah, somebody gave him a million dollars to pay some of his uh, back IRS taxes. Well, isn't there an IRS implication to that? Who gave him the money? What are they getting? Forgive Who's giving Hunter Biden a million dollars? To pay the to pay the IRS, who's doing that, and why, and what are the implications to all of this? Should should we think that China got a million barrels of oil when we don't have enough because Joe Biden is compromised? I mean, if, is, is there any doubt that the president is compromised? China, Ukraine. Russia? I mean, if he's not, the appearance is that he is. But I was thinking about a lot of things surrounding all of this before airtime this morning. And I thought, look how Democrats can go anywhere they want in peace. Because you would never bother anybody when they're having dinner. They're with their family. These animals don't care. And let's not forget Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrats that are encouraging people to do all this stuff. And there's no doubt they are. Brett Kavanaugh and his family easily could have been killed by the man who had all his weapons and duct tape and all kinds of stuff. I read you the list. The list is disturbing and it is long. Yeah, but I would like Merrick Garland to explain why there's no Justice Department response. And yet they've charged citizens that didn't even go into the U.S. Capitol building and have had them locked up for an extended period. And Garland knows that an assassin was arrested outside the Maryland home of Brett Kavanaugh. Let me think off the top of my head. I used to have, you know, the list. He had guns. He had knives. He had pepper spray. He had burglar tools, I remember, because he was going to break into the house. Duct tape, of course, and other scary stuff that I just can't remember. But there's nothing. They, they're just encouraged every night to return because they know that nothing is going to happen to them. 
Hurley in the Morning continues right after this on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Fox News Commentary. An Olympic volleyball star was brutally attacked by a homeless man in the streets of L.A. This is what happens when the culture of lawlessness becomes the new normal. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation's 9-11 Never Forget mobile exhibit is a tribute to all who lost their lives on 9-11 or from 9-11 related illnesses. It's a high-tech tractor trailer that transforms into a museum to educate people of all ages about America's darkest day. The mobile exhibit has traveled across the country and has welcomed over 600,000 people. Visit it in a city near you. Do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. Volleyball player and Olympic medalist Kim Glass was brutally attacked by a homeless man wielding a metal pipe. Her injuries are so bad, she nearly lost her eye. This happened outside of a restaurant in downtown L.A. And if you're familiar with downtown L.A., this is sadly not surprising. In an Instagram video posted after the incident, Glass cautioned others to be careful, noting people shouldn't have to be fearful walking the streets of L.A. in broad daylight. But that's the sad truth. When you combine felon-coddling policies, widespread homelessness, and a mental health epidemic, this is what happens. Thugs, felons, drugged-out lost souls are given a free pass and meanwhile their victims are given little more than a passing headline. What happened to Kim Glass is not a freak incident. It's par for the course on the streets of major cities run by do-nothing politicians who throw money at the problem but little else. We need law and order. We need to make America safe again. I'm Tommy Lahren and you can listen to all of my hot takes at Fox News Commentary. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Alright, now let me tell you one of the funniest things I've seen in a really long time And I needed a good laugh. Uh, I can't remember the last time. I I mean, I laugh and I'm happy. I smile a lot. But I can't remember the last time I had a hilarious, I mean, Kris Kringle, right through your belly laugh. Mary Catherine Ham, who I have little to no respect for. She actually tweeted this 11 hours ago. Quote, I'm starting to think some of this Hunter Biden stuff might not be Russian disinformation. (laughs) Now, you can imagine why I laughed so heartily. In 2020, not only did I tell you, I promised you that this information was true, that it was not propaganda, that Leon Panetta and the other 51 people, I think there was a total of 52 just spoke about this the other day with Miranda Devine and with Liz Peek when we were filling in a whole bunch last week for Fox News Radio nationally. And it wasn't really hard for me. They weren't predictions or anything. They were guarantees. I was very fortunate because of the uh, the work that I've been doing for the past three years with Fox News Radio that I've gotten to know people that probably otherwise I would never have gotten to know. And I knew it. I knew Miranda Devine had the goods. I knew it. There was no doubt that it was true. And I also believe, but I can't prove this, so it's an opinion, not a fact, but it should be a fact. The 52 people that signed that letter knew they were lying. We'll never be able to prove it. They'll say they weren't. Have you noticed that not one of them has ever come out and said, Ooh, I really... I really blew that one. If, if you think about it, if you ever made a mistake, and especially if you're a public figure, you have an obligation, 
like the the media had an obligation and none of them did it even though the new york times eventually wrote that the hunter biden laptop is real they never corrected the record of their false reporting which is just part of the reason why the media in our country is broken because they have an obligation it's in their it's in their contract it's in their compact it's in their their standards and their ethics if you mess up you got to correct it i'm an opinionated talk show host and i live by that doctrine if i mess up i tell you i messed up they don't do it so this mary catherine ham you mean to tell me it's taken her two and a half years or more to say i'm starting to think some of this hunter biden stuff might not be Russian disinformation. Don Hurley followed up with, it's never too late to open your eyes. Will you be reporting your revelation on CNN Plus? Remember that lasted uh, like two days, I think. They ended it. They didn't even finish a week out. They ended it like in the on a Thursday or something. Wednesday or Thursday. Think about all the truth they have on this biden syndicate you have to understand they know what's coming when republicans have subpoena power and that's why this not this uh january 6th committee is racing racing to finish because they realize that they have to finish because they're going to get shut down that committee is a joke It is a biased freak show of liars. And I can't wait. And I hope they say we're going to use the model of the January 6th committee. We're going to have primetime hearings and daytime hearings and subpoena everyone and ruin many lives. Uh, That's the model now. They need to do the same thing. And they got to have to get Joe Biden. Imagine that deposition. This guy actually said that the Highland Park massacre took place in 1918. He said that either yesterday or the day before. I meant to tell you. 1918. Media doesn't care. Now, you understand, what are the things we've been hearing as of late? His aides are very worried. They're worried anytime he speaks. They're worried he's going to go off of what is not on the teleprompter. They worry about the fact that he shuffles his mode of transportation now is shuffling and not the normal stride, the gait of of a vibrant, healthy person. Now, anybody out there, and it's almost everyone that's ever had ever had any experience with anyone with a mental acuity problem. Whether And notice, I've never said what it is. I just know that something's wrong. I'm not a doctor. I, I can't diagnose, but I know what I see. And this is, this is not me saying it. They are saying it. All of this is someone that is well into dementia or Alzheimer's or something. And they are saying it now. 
And you hear more and more Democrats coming out and just saying it, that Biden can't run again and that something's up. Let me see if I can find um, there were two interesting things on this topic, which I'm going to share with you right after the break. One is a Democrat poll. It's called Caps, C-A-P-S, Harris, Democrat poll, never good news for Republicans. And also David Gergen, what he had to say. He is now, believe it or not, been around a long time. He's an octogenarian. He's 80 years old. I'm going to tell you about both of these when we come back. So don't go away. Kirk Conover is coming up in the seven o'clock hour. Remember, long ago, I told you I told you this during the campaign and I told it to you after the election. I said, I can't tell you when I said, but I guarantee you. This will matter at some point, I I said, I don't know if either some war or some other crisis, I said, I can't tell you how it's going to matter or rather when it's going to matter, but I know it's going to matter. And we're basically there now. Bernie Sanders, that's a, I could throw a triple Lindy at you and I'll throw in the Bernie Sanders component as well. That's next on Hurley in the Morning, WPG, Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. At 31 minutes past the hour, I am Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 app. Atlantic City High School head boys basketball coach is set to be hired. What took you so long? We've got the story. Fun things to do in Atlantic City this summer. I had a lot of fun putting that together. Actually spent three and a half hours on that piece. Favorite types of seafood, but specifically crabs in the Atlantic City area. That and a whole lot more on the app. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Temperatures and humidity on the rise today, leading to a somewhat active weather day with scattered thunderstorms in the forecast this evening. Mostly sunny and breezy, hot and humid today, high of 90. Watch for scattered showers and thunderstorms this evening. Could be a pocket of heavy rain and frequent lightning. Clearing skies after midnight, low 73. Tomorrow, partly sunny, still very warm and dry, high 89. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Finding great candidates to hire can be like WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's talk station. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, we promised a triple Lindy. It might have to be a quad. We got a bunch of stuff here I do want to get to. Uh, these are numbers you rarely see anymore in the divided, unfortunate divided United States of America, 71% in a Democrat poll of the American people do not want Joe Biden to run again in 2024. Do you see how baked in this is? Quote, end quote. President Biden may want to run again, but the voters say no to the idea of a second term. Panning the job he is doing as president. Only 30% of Democrats would even vote for him in a Democratic presidential primary. That's Mark Penn, no friend of Republicans, co-director of the Harvard-Caps-Harris poll survey. 
45% said Biden should not attempt to run again because he has been a bad president. No kidding. 61% said former President Donald Trump should not run in 2024, proving this is a Democrat poll. 39% said he should. So you look at the numbers in this, everything from bad job approval to horrific handling of inflation, the economy, even COVID-19, he's under 50%. All right, so that's item number one. David Gergen, again, no friend of Republicans. He switched a number of years ago to the other side. He said that President Biden's term should end in 2024, and that there is a real, uh, a quote, real risk with having a president past age 80. You know my um, doctrine on this. I don't play that stuff. It's not the number. You can have somebody that's 80 that's sharper than someone half his or her age. It is biological and chronological age. Quote, and I agree with this. We've never seen anything like this before. And frankly, I think it's a real risk. I, quote, just turned 80, and I can tell you, you lose a step. Your judgment is not quite as clear as it was. Quote, there is a variety of other things you can't do much about. And to put somebody in that office with those kinds of vulnerabilities and giving them four years, we don't know where things will go. So there you have it, David Gergen. And now let's go to Bernie Sanders, who wants to run again. And, of course, Hillary Clinton wants to run again. I don't care what you hear. She's angling as we speak. The pro-Bernie Sanders group. Roots actions. Very socialist, progressive, hard left. They backed Bernie Sanders in 2016. They backed him in 2020. He's going to run again. My gosh, how old is Bernie Sanders? He looks old. Siri, how old is Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders is 80 years old. So there you go. He's 80. He'll be running, though. But Bernie, this is what I'm saying, though. Bernie is spectacularly wrong about everything. But he's incredibly sharp. You got to give him that. You can be dead, dead wrong about everything. And he is. But he's very, very sharp. It could have been that honeymooning in Russia. I don't know. They, this group I'm telling you about, though, the Bernie group, Roots Actions, they have urged Joe Biden to not seek reelection in 2024. Remember, I guaranteed you a long time ago that Joe Biden will not run in 2024. And if he does, he will be defeated in a Democratic primary. Roots action concluded by saying a president is not his party's king and he has no automatic right to renomination. Joe Biden should not seek it. If he does, he will have a fight on his hands. So there you have it, kids. The Democrats 
are in the process of eating their own. That's what's happening right now. And if you think, look, she's a joke, but there's certain things she knows exactly what she's doing. Kamala Harris is out there saying, well, you know, if if President Biden runs, I intend to run with him. Now, meanwhile, he is breathlessly telling he has to do this. And if I was his life coach, I would tell him to do this, even though it's it's very, very difficult because he's done such a bad job and he looks so unpresent and not in control. So when he says I'm definitely running in 2024, it's embarrassing. But if he didn't, you can't come out in your first year or two and say you're not running because you're done. You're done even in your own party. You become absolutely of zero consequence, significance. So he has to say he's running, but he's not going to run. And if he does, he loses. This is a joke. The Democrat media, Joe Biden was their useful idiot, their empty vessel, their hatred of Trump. And they thought they could package in the basement Joe Biden and his so-called alleged experience. See, when you're wrong for 50 years, I, I don't give you credit for having experience. You have time served, but you don't have experience because usually you learn. You would think you would learn from mistakes and then come back better, come back stronger, maybe even build back better, right? Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. It is 49 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Kirk Conover will be joining us in hour number two. Chuck Malamut in the 8 o'clock hour. Dr. Bob Zlotnick from Atlantic Prevention Resources in today's fourth and final hour of a jam-packed program that we promised you, oh, about 50 minutes ago. The Dersh, Alan Dershowitz, said, quote, I am being banned. No kidding. Now, notice, though, when Democrats were at the receiving end of things that they thought were helpful from Dershowitz, he was a hero, hero in Martha's Vineyard, you name it. Now do you know he really, he says, I'm being Kavanaugh'd. It's true. He said good lawyers want to stay away from this. They don't want to be Giuliani'd, created an action verb there. They don't want to be associated. Look, they don't want to be Kavanaugh'd. They don't want to have people screaming at them while they're having dinner. I'm being Kavanaugh'd myself on Martha's Vineyard. Now, This is what I was talking about earlier in the program. Democrats behave this way. And you don't say anything about it. Even the good Democrats don't even say anything about it. Like, hey, I wish you'd knock that off. What is it about them that that, they feel they have the right to interrupt someone else's life? What is it about these people? They're sick is what it is. You know, you have to say it. That is a sickness. I I tell you, it would be impossible for me. I could never go into a restaurant 
even if it was some dirty Democrat who was hiding from me, didn't return phone calls. But I have a whole different strategy now. I don't call people who I know don't want my call. So so I can say I called them. What is what is that? What does that do? They have no intentions of taking my call because they know I'm on to them. That's the only reason. Because I'm I am fair. They're not. But I don't I don't even waste my time. I, I, uh, we reached out to uh, Jackass Small. I uh, didn't get a call back. What am I doing that for? I know I know what he's doing before he does it. I have so many rats within his organization. You can't believe it. I don't need to call him and I don't call him. He is just small mayor small to me. But this is what Democrats do. They, they think they can interrupt you when you're with your family. If you're out at dinner, if you're at a movie, they think they can go to your house. And yell and scream. And this Justice Department allows it. But they went out of their way. These same freaks went out of their way to call moms domestic terrorists. This is how sick it is. They don't treat terrorists like terrorists. They don't treat criminals like criminals. They treat good people like they don't treat criminals. Dershowitz, I am being banned. No kidding. But when he was defending Bill Clinton, the Democrats loved it. But if he defends Donald Trump or any of the stuff that's going on now or the Hunter Biden stuff, then uh, it's altogether different. He has a book that's coming out this Tuesday, and I will be interviewing him. We already we already have the interview. It's the book is The Price of Principle. Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. See, I've always believed that. When I tell you I could have taken a very different path, a very easy path of not taking on tough issues, uh, of just being a smoocher, and oh, it would have been so easy, much less stress, wouldn't have had people coming after me. But I can't, I'm my father's son, I can't, I can't be like that. My father once told a senator, get the hell out of my house. He had, you know what, before almost anybody. But of course, he was of the greatest generation. So that was nothing to him. Dershowitz wrote, I mean, that's why I wrote The Price of Principle, to tell the story. And what's happening to me, meaning Dershowitz, is a microcosm of what's happening in the United States of America. We are not operating on principle. We're operating on partisanship. Wow, it sounds like the Dersh listens to the Hurley School of uh, uh, Principles here. I mean, it's what I've been saying forever and ever and ever. The very people who are calling these folks to testify would never do it if it was J. Edgar Hoover who was targeting Martin Luther King, which he did back in the 1960s. Pretty amazing. He said, yet you tell that to a liberal Democrat these days and members of Congress, including some of my former students. He's saying uh, Maryland Democrat Representative Jamie Raskin and Dershowitz said they will, quote, laugh at you. No people aren't entitled to counsel. 
They're only entitled to counsel if you approve of what they did. And that's what's going on in America today. Dershowitz added the founding father, John Adams, our nation's second president, and Abraham Lincoln, the Republican president, quote, would be ostracized in today's hyper-partisan political climate. He's right on. Ambassador, I'm trying to remember, I know it's Friedman. Ah, oh, give me a second. David. United States Ambassador David Friedman says that Joe Biden is going to Saudi Arabia hat in hand. And he is. He's going to beg them. Now, you have to understand, Obama, Obama Biden, now Biden, they called the crown prince and others all kinds of names. And look, I never supported any of that Khashoggi stuff. That was terrible. But sometimes you have to be able to say the right thing diplomatically about something that's unacceptable. But when you have to have a relationship, and we need to, you can't cross the Rubicon, and Biden did. So this means they're not going to do him any favors. This means they're going to wait him out and certainly not do anything prior to 2022 or probably even 2024, unless Biden's not running, and I suspect he will not be. And then maybe we'll see something different, but they might wait Like Jimmy Carter, they waited until he was not president. And then the Iranian hostages were released under President Reagan. So much. So much going on. And I want to conclude the hour on something that I just personally love this. And I've been a space geek, space nerd Since I was a child, rarely, if ever, do I miss a launch. I'm a huge fan of this $10 billion James Webb Space Telescope, and I begged you all to please watch the special that I did that showed you how they made that. It, the engineering is remarkable. And, and once again, So many things had to happen for this to go right, including the telescope actually opening, and it did. And now NASA has gotten the furthest, what do you want to call it, cosmic view, deeper than ever before. It's it's really remarkable, and it probably won't get its due. And get enough publicity because it's it's not bleeding, so it's not leading. But when you have something that's offering the deepest look of the cosmos, I want to bring out my inner Zachary Smith, Dr. Smith, and not call it space. I want to call it cosmos. The deepest look of the cosmos ever captured in human history. Ooh, I gave myself chills with that. I don't call them chill bumps. I just called them chills, but I gave myself chill bumps. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, These photos are going to be released today. And four more 
if it was a beauty pageant, I would call it galactic beauty shots are going to be released. So we're going to see. I mean, you're talking about part of the images will be light, not too long after the Big Bang. Hear what I just said? And that's 13.8 billion years ago. It's going to give humanity a whole new view of space. It's uh, it's remarkable stuff. Kirk Conover joins us next on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Among 20 items that I left on the cutting room floor, there was one I absolutely positively wanted to get in. It will only take me seconds, and then we'll bring Kirk Conover on, who is standing by. Jill Biden actually said the following. She talked about... Bogada instead of bodega. So you, you got that going for you. Slip Mahoney here. Bowery Boys fame. Norm Crosby, King of the Malaprop. Bogada. Oh my God. They're, they're just beautiful, these people. But this was really the, 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 um, the craziest of them all. She said that Hispanics are unique. Hispanics are as unique as breakfast tacos in San Antonio. Now, let me tell you something. What a slur, what an insult, what a thin, uh, irrelevant type of comparison. Uh, and it wasn't received very well at all, as you can imagine. And, of course, the, the Biden protection program doesn't talk much about it. I, I'm, I'm sure that. Somebody like Greg Gutfeld, Brian Kilmeade, somebody like that will we'll pick up on it. Hispanics are as unique as breakfast tacos in San Antonio. Wow. How racist is that? You know, the Democrats are the racists. They just they get away with being racist while they call you a racist. And you're not, and they are. They're, after all, the party of the KKK. There's just no denying that truth. And it's not pointed out nearly often enough. But remember Joe Biden when he talks about 7-Elevens and, you know, all these things that they have said and done. They're, they're the same. And she can't, though. He, he says crazy stuff and you just say, oh, well, that's Joe. And, you know, he's Meshuggah. Uh, but what do you say about Joe Biden? Now, you know, people write this stuff. Some, some, some fool wrote this. And just like he does, she does. She said it. Breakfast tacos. Hispanics are as unique as breakfast tacos in San Antonio. Now, go pick an ethnicity and pick a food that you could insult them with and generate a slur. Good, good job. Good job, First Lady. Keep it going. 
Keep it going. You're winning. Kirk, how are you? Doing well, Harry. What do you think of that? It's pretty nasty well, stuff, it's, isn't it? It's, ama- it's amazing. And if you really dig into that uh, word salad, I mean, breakfast tacos in San Antonio, is pro- they're probably pretty common, right? So that means they're not even unique. Right. So she's just uh, it, wrong it's, it's, on top of being wrong and on top of it being off-putting <laughs> and racist. I mean, it's just, just, just a whole basket full of wrongness. <clears throat> But like you said, they're the racist. That's the way they are. The the mass media uh, covers for them because they agree with the agenda, and the agenda generates from you know the training of uh, the radicals of the '60s going into education and radicalizing you know higher education. So it's all to be expected. What do you, what do you think uh, of seventy? Kirk, what do you think of 70% of Americans not wanting Joe Biden to run for a second term? That's, by the way, a whole lot of everybody included in, when you get to a number as big as 70%. Well, I think people are waking up. Uh, as we've talked before, the pendulum usually swings. And uh, whenever you know a party thinks that they're going to be in power forever, all of a sudden the American people give them a wake-up call. And I think that's what we're seeing here. I mean, it's obvious as as uh, the nose on your face that these policies originated from ideological intransigence and just spiteful anti-Trumpism. And the payoff for the American people is the highest inflation in 40 years, uh, high grocery prices. We're expecting... Um, Headline inflation to be 8.8% on a year-to-year basis, <clears throat> so it continues to go up. And the big number is it's expected to be 1.1% month over month, which translates to an annual rate of 13%. These are things that people deal with every day, and it's easy to make uh, the conclu- draw the conclusion that it's policies from from Washington. And the Biden administration that created this pain for the American people. And it's also obvious when they look at the president, he's not a vital, energetic guy. And uh, it's obvious that he's not up for the job. As you said, policy-wise, he's been wrong for 50 years. And that stuff just doesn't go away. You can't just have your press secretary go out and say, oh, that's, that's irrelevant and all this. You know, he's he's... He's more energetic than me. It doesn't work. The American people are seeing right through it. I was going to bring up this um, forecast of 8.8%. Now, would that include food and gasoline in that 8.8? Yes, that's the headline number. Yeah. So I want to just point that out since there's two numbers. What do you think the number is that they're going to report, though? Because they don't report really the headline number. They report the um, the second number, which is typically a bit lower because they take out uh oil and they take out um food which is crazy but they get away with it uh so the number the reported number that we know now is what 8.6 percent is that the number 8.5 or 8.6 percent yeah something like that 8.6 yeah Yeah. so if this number is at or even above that uh what does that tell you well it tells me that uh 
the three trillion dollars of uh, spending that the Biden administration did in 2021 still circulating in the economy, still devaluating the dollar, and it's still causing uh, inflation because, as we talked about, you know, the velocity of money, a dollar spent in January circulates is spent seven times during the course of the year. So that is is one big problem. The other big problem is, of course, you know, you've got uh, now you've got uh, this real low unemployment rate. People are just disappearing from the workforce. We've seen that before in the Obama administration. And businesses can't find workers everywhere you look. It's, you know, now hiring, help wanted signs. That's going to cause a wage push. Uh, businesses, you know, instinctively are going to try to raise wages to attract workers. So now you're going to add, like, the wage and price spiral to this whole inflation situation. And uh, as I, as we talked last week, the Fed really doesn't have uh, any weapons left except to raise interest rates and cause a recession. Kirk, let's get the first break in. We're going to come back strong. We have some more uh, hot topics, but I want to just shift gears when we come back. And I know how much Kirk loves tennis and Nancy as well. Uh, tennis champion Novak Djokovic, who just won Wimbledon yet again, fourth year in a row, only one behind Roger Federer in terms of Wimbledon titles, and now only one Grand Slam behind uh, Rafael Nadal uh, for the most ever. And so now Djokovic is one ahead of Federer, one behind Nadal, and he is hoping that the United States will eliminate the COVID vaccine entry requirement before the U.S. Open begins. He has said, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not planning to get vaccinated. So he is hoping they remove this mandate of a vaccine card in order to enter the United States uh, or give him an exemption or or something. Now, obviously, they didn't let him play last year. And I think he wound up missing at least two of the Grand Slams. And he's age 35 now. So, you know, missing these Grand Slams when you're healthy um, and still able to win them, you can't get any of that back. Uh, I want to get Kirk's take on does he think the United States will do it again? Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and say I think they will. But I'd find a way to get him in here. But they'll probably say we've got this new B.5 and B.4 strains and, you know, more cases. And I think they're going to keep them out. We'll get Kirk's take on this when we come back. With Kirk Conover, it's early in the morning. Here's our friend, Sean Hannity. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Biden apparently last week following reports of our emergency strategic petroleum reserves, we're sending oil to China. More than 5 million barrels of oil released from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves have been diverted to European and Asian nations instead of U.S. refineries. He's even dumber than I thought, if it's even him making the decision. And on top of that, Wall Street Journal had an interesting piece out. 
how our EPA has now announced that they may soon deem parts of the Permian Basin in Texas and New Mexico in, quote, non-attainment because of ozone standards. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. All right, it's summertime, and if your project to-do list looks anything like mine, it's probably pretty long. You can stay cool, save up to 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com, and ordering online does not mean sacrificing style or service. At Blinds.com, they have premium selections of shades and shutters and drapes and so much more. They have outdoor shades. Just go to Blinds.com right now, save up to 40% off site-wide, up to 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That is brilliant advice by that young man that just spoke. Kirk, uh, we're going to take Bridget's call right after you answer this very probative question. Should the United States of America, should they eliminate this requirement that is keeping if it if they if they enforce it for the second consecutive year, at least would keep. If he's not number one, he's number two. I can't remember if Nadal or if Djokovic is number one at the moment, but one of the top two players in the world might not be able to be uh, a participant in the U.S. Open if this stands. What are your thoughts? I think the requirement is ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the vaccines have uh, had limited success. And on top of it, he, he was allowed to play in the French Open in Paris, France, yep. and Wimbledon. In Great Britain, both those countries had some of the most restrictive lockdowns and vaccination policies on the planet. And even higher transmission rates at the time it was all going on. Yeah, and they let them in. So, yeah, it's it's again, they're just intransigent in these policies that don't make any sense. I really do believe. Look, I believe in the vaccine. As you know, I got the vaccine. I got the second shot. I got the booster shot. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think I'm out of uh, the business now. I didn't get the the additional booster shot. And at the present time, I don't have any intentions of getting another one. We'll wait and see with these new variants. uh, And they're retooling the the vaccine for the fall. We'll see. But as of now, uh, and I've spoken to everyone from my doctor to medical professionals uh, that I trust in addition to him. Uh, And I think that Djokovic, who's a very young, fit, 35 years old, shouldn't have to introduce something into his body that he doesn't trust. I, I don't know why that would garner him being blackballed. So I hope 
they address it, even if they only want to do it with an exemption, if they don't want to change their policy. But I'm, I'm of the opinion, I think they're going to keep him out again. And that would be a shame. Obviously, he is number one. And, you know, he's um, at this triumvirate of Federer, uh, Nadal, and Djokovic is the golden age of men's tennis. Yeah, I agree. I I agree completely. And it's not going to be here for very much longer. Nadal is fragile at this point. Federer is fragile. Djokovic, um, probably the, the most fit of them all. And I don't mean they're all fit, but I mean holding up wise. And he's a little younger, I believe, than uh, certainly younger than Federer. And uh, are you aware of how old Nadal is? He's 36. But but I think you're going to agree with me when I say this. I think he's an old 36. He's pretty beat up, Kirk. And it's, ama- yeah, and it's amazing that he's lasted this long. Yeah. As, as his style of play is very physical. Oh, th- that's what I mean. Yeah, yep. he's an old 36. I would call Djokovic a young 35. And if Federer is, what, 40? 41. 41. I would call Federer a very young 41. He's incredibly fit. Is Federer going to be back by the U.S. Open? One, yeah. No. No? Uh, I don't think so, no. When's he ready? He's looking at the... He's going to start at the... Uh, that that tournament they have at the end of the year. I think he's going to start with that. But. You know, I have a sneaky suspicion about Federer. I think he's got one more go in him. And when you get this amount of time off, but he's not completely off because, you know, he's working out and doing what you can do, you know, when recovering from an injury. But taking, I guess it'll be what, a year almost when you add it all up is sort of intermittent because there was an extended period. Then he was back, extended period, he's out. So it sounds to me, it feels to me like it's more than a year if you add it all up. That that kind of, um, you still have aged a year but a lot of wear and tear that you would have experienced, you did not. So I think Federer is going to be rested and ready to go. Yeah, that's uh, part of his strategy. I remember, you know, like five years ago uh, when he made his first comeback at the Australian Open and won it in a uh, incredible match in 2017 against Nadal. He said that part of his his longevity was taking time off for his body to heal and not playing, you know, every tournament, you know, every, every other week or whatever the schedule was. So, yeah, it's, I, uh, I mean, I think it makes sense, you know, fresh legs, you can avoid injury, uh, the accumulation of, you know, the pounding that you take by playing week after week after week. If you let your body heal, I think at his age, I think it's a very good strategy. Now, Tiger is coming off of a really gruesome injury, but he's got to do the same kind of thing. He's going to basically try to make it to the majors and play enough that he can be sharp. And, you know, he's got to do the same kind of thing. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it would be uh, a a shame if, and see, Nadal has this, uh, he's got some kind of condition, too. Yes, um, affects his feet and his legs, and I'm not sure, you know, if, if there's flare-ups or whatever it is. I I never heard of whatever um, condition he has. So yeah, it's uh, it'd be it'd be a darn shame if uh, 
they ban Djokovic over a vaccine. Yeah, I think they're going to. Uh, let me ask you this right before the break, and I'm going to ask Bridget if, because I have a, a bottom of the hour responsibility that I have to do. If you'll hang in there, I promise we'll come right back to you, Bridget, right after the break. So if I see you're there, I'll know that that's okay with you, that you can hang out for just this bottom of the hour break, and we'll get right back to you. Kirk, short answer to this, a couple of seconds. Will Roger Federer win another major title in his career? I think he will. I think he's going to come back uh, rested and ready. And, you know, he's he is a strategist, so I think he probably will change his game a little bit because of his age. And uh, I think he's going to win the Australian Open. Wow. 2023. Wow, not even picking Wimbledon. It's my homage to Brother Don Hurley. I've been calling Wimbledon Wimbledon. For uh, many years, and a little birdie tells me that Kirk and Nancy had bling, like embroidered uh, bling from Wimbledon. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I'm usually not. When we come back, Bridget's call. I'm going to join Kirk, incidentally. Uh, I think Federer's got one more in him. I am the same person that when I asked Jim Fraser this question after Tiger Woods blew up his life and just wrecked himself, I said he's going to come back. And he's going to win one more. And then he had that surgery, the fusion surgery, that is very experimental. And no one's ever been able to do what he's done since that. And he won following that with a tremendous major victory. And then, of course, the the horrific crash. And, I mean, he almost lost his leg. And he's, um, to some extent... You can tell he kind of kind of drags that leg around. It's it's not great. It, it reminds me similar to the um, uh, who was the quarterback? Who was Kirk? Let me get your mic back on. Who was the quarterback from the San Francisco 49ers that had the gruesome uh, leg? Alex Smith. That is correct. I mean, now I don't think Tiger's leg looks as bad as Alex Smith's, but it's bad and it's thinner. You can tell when he's got. You know stuff he has to wear, and it's um, it will be amazing. Kirk, does Tiger Woods win one more major in his career? I believe he does. Um, yeah, I'm 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 not settled on that. I believe he can because you never give up on Tiger because he proves you wrong every time. If I had to pick one right now, I'd say no. But I but I. Leave. I'm not trying to have my cake and eat it too, even though it sounds that way. But I think I think he's capable of of winning one more time. Can he put four quality rounds together in a row with the accumulation of the beating that his body is going to take day after day after day? Uh, if he could ride a cart, it would be different. But he's got to get out there. He's got to move. He's got to walk. You know, if you hit an uneven terrain and have to hit a weird shot, you can. There's just a lot of bad stuff that can happen out there. Uh, I'm leaning towards no, but he's certainly capable of it. All right, when we come back, I promise Bridget, we're going to get her on. Then we have a bunch more topics for Kirk as we continue the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is I, Hurley in the Morning, your unassuming public hero. With three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlantic City High School 
is poised to hire a new head boys basketball coach for their iconic program. We have the details. Fun things to do in Atlantic City. I spent about three and a half hours on this piece. I hope you'll take a look at it. And favorite types of seafood, but I mean crabs, all the different types of crabs in the Atlantic City area. That and more on the app. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Not a bad start to the day. Temperatures rising through the 70s, aiming for 90 degrees this afternoon. Turning hot and humid, mostly sunny and breezy. There is a chance for scattered showers and thunderstorms this evening. Not a slam dunk for rain, though. Clearing skies after midnight tonight, low 73. Partly sunny tomorrow, still very warm and dry, high of 89. Next chance of showers will be Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. And we are with Kirk Conover and guest listener, Bridgette. Hello there. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you got over the COVID. Oh. I uh, I know the feeling, yeah. and uh, I'm glad you and your family are okay. Thank you. We we uh, we pulled through. Yeah, we did. We actually um, I, to, to quote my daughter Lauren, nurse uh, infectious disease nurse manager Lauren. She said we crushed COVID. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. You know, Harry. Um, I'll tell you. I uh, I'm watching the and listening to uh, what's going on in the Latino community. When you look at uh, that district in Texas, Maya Flores, uh, who won a Democratic uh, district, it hadn't voted Republican in over a hundred years, correct, or something like that. But Bridget, you do know she's now running in a district that was gerrymandered. It's even more Democrat. If she can pull this off, this will be beyond historic. And let me get your take. You touched on it broadly. What did you think of the first lady, Joe Biden, saying Hispanics are as unique as breakfast tacos in San Antonio? Well, I I wanted to lead up to that because I'm going to tell you something. You know, people say, uh, you know, Latins, we have a moral compass. It's sort of a... very similar to the conservative base. We believe in marriage. We believe in family. We don't believe in abortion. A lot of Latinos are are pro-life. You know, and and then you have these labels that are being put on us, like Latinx. For whatever reason, people seem to think that Latinx is okay for Latinos. Don't you ever call me a Latinx, ever, number one. Good for you. Now you sit here and you listen to the first lady referring to us as tacos. Are you kidding? Do you wonder why we are so repulsed by this administration and its lack of understanding of, of, of a people that really, you know, this is the greatest country in the world. And Latinos, we come here because we know it is the best opportunity for us to achieve the American dream. Yeah. And, Bridget, if I had to single one demographic that's going to make the difference on first Tuesday, November 8th, 2022, and then again in 2024, it will be the Latino vote uh, with everything that has happened at, at our in our border states 
and what this administration has done in so many respects, uh, the Latino vote is going to, I believe, lead to two consecutive wave elections. I agree. Harry, they've lost the Latinos. The Latinos have woken up. The sleeping giant is woken up. And I'm going to tell you something about children of Latino parents. You know, they're not disrespectful. I can go to uh, shopping. I can go to movies. I can go anywhere. And I look at some of these families and these children disrespecting their parents. Latino children respect their parents. And I'm going to tell you something. This change, this movement, because it's a movement. This, this, this movement towards this, the GOP, the Republican Party, because I'm an independent. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. But I'm going to tell you something. These children, the next generation, they're going to continue this way of thinking because it's our way of life. And when you hear the First Lady say that we are like breakfast tacos, you know, they're down to 26 percent. Uh, approval rating with Latinos, I guarantee you they went down more with that. Oh, I agree. I think that comment is is beyond condescending. It's disgusting. And to say Hispanics are as unique, she she doubled down on it, inflated the um, the insult. Hispanics are as unique as breakfast tacos in San Antonio. That is there's certain things you do and say that really agitate people that if you go back in time and we've played the audio of Joe Biden talking about Indians at 7-Elevens and these different slurs that the Bidens. I mean, they're a they're a racist family. And it's I mean, not, you know, they are a racist family. They've been that way for years. He's been in the uh, Senate for 100 years. So his thinking, and I'm not saying people don't change, people don't evolve, but he has a record of racism throughout his entire life. Yes. And I'll tell you something. They expect people of color to vote Democratic because they say so. Well, remember, he told Charlemagne the God, that's the God, T-H-A, the God. He told him, if you don't vote Democrat, you ain't black. I mean, how about him? How about this white guy with the hairy legs that he used to let kids play with? How about this freak saying something like that? It is unheard of. It is. It's bizarre. This is bizarre world. You say that all the time. No, it is. It's bizarre world on steroids times infinity. Bridgette, your calls are always outstanding. I'm going to put this in a special category, though. This was an exceptional wonderful call to speak with you. I've got to get the break in, so we have to say goodbye for now, but please call again. We're going to come right back to Kirk Conover right after the break. Bridget, awesome. It's exactly 45 minutes past the hour, and we will have 10 minutes uninterrupted with Kirk when we come back. Chuck Malamut, he is right now making his way to Broadcast Center, and I predict that he's at mile marker 38 on the Garden State Parkway as we speak. Just a prediction.
Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamud on deck, Dr. Bob Zlotnick from Atlantic Prevention Resources after that. Uh, not lost on me was the president directly told the media last week that he's going to Saudi Arabia, but it has nothing to do with oil has nothing to do with energy. You know, he is going there, you know, in the interest of the relationship and so on and so forth. And now we, we hear from his team that he's going there to try to uh, bring energy prices down, to bring oil prices down, to get more uh, oil output. I mean, Kirk, they lie about everything. Of course, he's going to Saudi Arabia to to beg for more oil, but they lie about everything. Yeah, and it's uh, <clears throat> totally a futile mission because Macron, president of France, told uh, our oblivious uh, president that they don't have any extra capacity because Saudi Arabia has agreed with the European Union that they're going to go to their max production capacity to replace the European uh, dependence on the Russian oil. So it's not going to come to us, and they're at max capacity. And Biden didn't want to hear it at the G7. And on top of it, um, you know, as I said over and over, this is self-imposed. They reinstituted all the regulations. They cut out pipelines. They stopped uh, exploration uh, on federal lands. And all this could be reversed very quickly, and we could be having, you know, West Texas and North Dakota and uh, Montana uh, increase production, uh, you know, to help the oil oil prices. Um, it's it's an uh, insane policy, and depending on uh, foreign oil supplies to solve our problems is how we got in trouble back in the early 70s and late 70s. Um, you know, the Arab oil embargo of 73 was caused by, you know, the Israeli war with uh, Egypt. And that was a political deal. But, you know, in 79, they just cut back production uh, to, to punish Carter. And it, it, it just uh, is not a good policy. And interestingly enough, I mean, gas prices have been going down. And it's almost, an, um, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, that inflation really does create some self-correcting changes of behavior. So people have been cutting back demand. I mean, this is peak driving season, and and prices uh, at the pump are going down a bit. And that's a reaction to, you know, people changing their their travel plans, uh, being more, you know, conscious of, you know, where they drive and, and, and what they do. So, yeah, it's... It's a fool's errand to go over there and ask for for more oil. 
they've already committed to sending it to the European Union because, interestingly enough, the, the euro is now almost equivalent to the dollar. Why do you think and Joe that, Biden packaged five million barrels of oil when we are in such, you know, a, a tough spot? A million to China, of course, with the, the promise that China would not buy any energy whatsoever, oil or anything from Russia. And five seconds later, after Biden gave them the million, they did it. They went and bought oil from Russia, making him further look like just a fool. Uh, but why would we do that? And the strategic petroleum reserves are for an emergency. I mean, this is unbelievable what he's doing. Right. Uh, they're for an emergency for a supply problem, yeah. not a price problem. Right. And which he which uh, he created. Right. And, you know, I believe that the whole underlying uh, force to solve our inflation problem would be more energy production because energy production at all levels courses through the whole economy. You know, petroleum products go into manufacturing many, many things that we that we use and consume uh, more so than just gasoline. You know, it's uh, in plastic products and, and uh, so many different things. And, of course, the transportation costs, you know, drive up the price of food and, and so forth. So I think if we supercharged our energy production, it would go a long way to uh, reducing inflation. And uh, But they just won't do it. They're ideologically intransigent. They're worshiping at the climate uh, change cult. Hmm. And, hey, it, it's inexplicable to me. It's bad policy. But, again, he's been wrong on everything for 50 years. And I don't see any, any change to it. Uh, the lefties want to create this pain to modify our behavior and it's uh, a sad state of affairs but I do believe the pendulum is swinging. I also want to interject something just to put a cap on our tennis discussion. Yeah. Roger Federer is not ranked anymore. Wow. He hasn't played in a year so he has zero points. Wow. First so, time in 25 years. When he was 16 he was ranked 800 some. So he will have to come back from the abyss, he will be coming back from nowhere. Right. But what happens, though, is you get a win in a tournament, you advance to the semis, you advance to the finals, and if you win a tournament, you can gobble up some points rather quickly, can't you? Yes. But get, it, get this. Yeah. Djokovic dropped to number seven, and Kyrgios dropped uh, from 40 to 45 because... They didn't award any points for Wimbledon because they banned Russian players. So the two finalists at Wimbledon actually lost ranking. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. That's a, a goofy anomaly that they have to find a way to to adjust. How in the world can Djokovic be seventh in the world? Right. I could I could argue that he's one. I, I you know, uh, I could argue, OK, he's two seventh. Right. And on top of it, uh, I did just find out that uh, Roger Federer will not compete in the U.S. Open. 
He's going to compete in his home tournament in Basel, Switzerland in October. His first return to competition. Okay. So that puts a cap on yeah. our tennis discussion. <laughs> That's a good update. But anyway, getting back to, you know, what's wrong with the economy and the fact that this administration, you know, they're going to beg the Saudis, forget about it. They got to get the U.S. rolling again. And uh, I also just read an article about small business confidence is the lowest it's been in 40 years. And if you look at small business, they provide 80% of new jobs created. They provide over 60% of all jobs. And why is their confidence so low? It's because inflation is gobbling up their margins. So they're scared that they can't make the margin to stay in business. You know, typically you know, retail has a 30% margin. Restaurants are even lower. You know, they're, they're more like 10 to 15%. They try for 10 or 15% margin of profit. And the labor shortage. People just don't want to work. They can't find workers. It's it's an insane scenario that small business people are facing. And small businesses, as much publicity as big business gets, small business is actually the backbone of our economy. And small business confidence is lower than it's been in 40 years. And also rumbling in the background of small business people is, you know, mansions out there saying, well, I could go for a smaller Build Back Better plan. I know. But that Build Back, that smaller Build Back Better plan has higher regulations, more regulations. We're, we're, higher- Kirk, we're at the finish line. I concur. I predict he won't do it. And as we get closer and closer to the midterm election, all the foolishness stops because none of them are going to uh, do something to risk even further Electoral problems. Atlantic City, WENJ HD3, Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Thank you, Kirk. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. We're back six minutes past the hour. This program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast, subject to change without notice, neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck Malamut, welcome to your program. Harry, welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing great. Chuck did welcome me back in case it didn't come out over his mic, but your mic is on now. Uh, it's great to be back and... Uh, Gotta, it's weird. You, it's it, I know how you work. You go away for a few days. I mean, I only took two extra days around July fourth, and you come back, and that's so long forgotten. I wound up doing three air shifts for Fox News, two of our programs, five shows in three days, and I forgot I was away. I, Harry, <laughs> I, I was listening, and I didn't know if I was listen, listening live or. 
Well, Chris Coleman does such a good job. It's 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 pretty hard to tell. <laughs> so we appreciate that, uh, Chuck. So much is going on. Your market update, so please. Harry. It's 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 hard to believe we're in the, in the middle of the summer, and oftentimes it's it's referred to as the doldrums of the summertime and dog days of summer. Dog, and we're certainly not there right now. It's um, uh, it's very very busy, and there's there's a lot going on. So if if we take a step back and look at Last week in particular, uh, the good news is for, for, for two weeks in a row, it seems the global equity markets uh, were higher. Uh, the, in, in the U.S. here, uh, the S&P was up almost about – was up 2 percent. The Russell mid-cap up close to 4 percent. Uh, and, and the small cap, the Russell uh, 2000, was up about 2.5 percent. And international markets were up as well. And, and the 10-year, which is – 10-year Treasury, which is all over the place. Last week closed out at uh, just over, just about 3.1%. So when you look at the at, at the markets, uh, Dow, S&P, NASDAQ, Russell, all up. Uh, I, like, I like the trend, and I know you don't get hung up on any one day, but it seems to me when the market is left to its own devices, it, it takes care of its own business and and, and doing well. I, I really loved what I was seeing. Now it looks like the market is stuck on this inflation report. So, yeah. So best performing sectors, year, year to date, energy up 30.5%. If you remember, Harry, that sector was up almost 50% just mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The number two best performing sector was actually underwater it's the it's utilities down about one percent and consumer staples down about four and a half to five percent on the flip side the uh the bottom three sectors consumer discretionary communication services and information technology down anywhere from 23 to 28 percent so it's a tale of multiple markets and as as you mentioned just a couple just a minute ago yeah we're 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 kind of stuck i mean there, there's there's a lot going on uh this week all into itself we and this inflation news is expected to be bad but remember remember that it's 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 a lagging number mm-hmm. as well i mean you know in, in the last couple of weeks we've seen prices at the pump uh come down mm-hmm. uh in particular last week oil was down almost it's down eight percent in one day all into itself but Kind of what I'll describe as the calm before the storm here, Harry. This, just this morning, uh, we started with uh, second quarter earnings. Uh, Pepsi, PepsiCo announced they beat top line and bottom line, okay. and they're and and looking forward, they're you know they're seeing pretty good things in the, on the horizon, and they've they they said they've done a good job hmm. managing through managing through the process. Now Delta Airlines comes. On Wednesday, and then uh, most of the big banks report Thursday and Friday, and I think that's when we're going to really uh, get a, a good idea what's going on. In the middle of all that, you know, uh, new inflation data is coming uh, again. The fear of rising prices, uh, and that comes on Wednesday. Uh, eight, the, proje- the projection is eight point eight percent increase year over year. And that's higher from the May number of 8.6%. So that's all kind of understood. Uh, and then Friday, you know, we really get a read on the consumer uh, with June retail sales data. You know, 
Harry, we're in a very, very uh, unique spot here. Y- you know, we are at uh, very, very high employment, and the consumer at, at this point in time is very, very sour. Yeah. I mean, consumer sentiment numbers are are, uh, are are they're just awful right now. I mean, the consumer either doesn't want to spend. Oh, I think not the American, to spend. Chuck. I think the American people have had it right now. I just think they've had it. I don't disagree, Harry. I mean, it's but w- everything it, it, is so expensive. If you can even get it, uh, you can't count on anything. I was very, very happy. I'm just going to say this as a sidebar because Chuck doesn't talk about any one company or any one stock. I was pumped. I was two for two with Spirit Air last week. You were yes, and, and felt wonderful about it. I, I'm a fan. I've written two columns recently about Spirit Air. I think they get a bad rap. I mean, look, if you've got sickness, if you've got pilots timed out and things like that and terrible weather, stuff is going to happen. But did you see the story when they landed? Yes, on fire. But that's I don't know what happened. The wheel, the wheel caught on fire, rubber, you know, on the on the tarmac. But yes, I am aware of the fire. But I was two for two and happy and I don't know about you. I know you fly a lot. You fly a lot more than I do. I've had very few terrible encounters with Spirit Air. I, I had my flight canceled once, and it was very scary because I had to get back to work, and we couldn't get a flight anywhere to Philadelphia, any carrier. And thank God Spirit Air emailed me about an hour into my misery that we were on the last flight of the day and we got in in the nick of time and I came into work like two hours later. I have a good experience with them. This this business, though, the airline business, they're having great difficulties right now. They're having, yeah, yeah, capacity is at the max. I mean, the the, the flight scheduling, I mean, you know, your listeners have traveled, they understand well, what, that. What happened? Well, what happened was we... we Got into COVID. Yeah. Uh, a lot of pilots retired. I, that's a good point. It's like nurses. You, you know, you have to. Re- yeah, when you're, at 65. Yeah, that is, that is a mandate. Do you, know, do you know there's chatter right now? They want to move it to 67. I'm in favor of that for a couple of reasons. People are living longer. That number 65 was set a while ago. Uh, and that would be very helpful. It, it's a buffer a little bit there. Uh, evidently, Buttigieg knocked it down and said that, you know, we don't want to do something that's unsafe. I mean, we have a president that, come on. I mean, so I'll take a pilot at 67 with what we've got going on over there. But I, I was gonna, <laughs> sorry to do that on no, your show. No, I was going to say something. We'll edit, gonna, we'll edit that we'll go, part. We'll, we'll, no, no, we'll, we'll talk about this on the break. It's 15 minutes past the hour. We'll be right back. See the clean break. He is Chuck Malamut to reach Chuck for all of your financial planning needs. Call 609 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. Three eight three twenty ten with Chuck. I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every early in the morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five with Chuck Malamut. And if I'm following uh, today's program as closely as I should, I believe we are. Are, you did comment on U.S. payrolls. Uh, did you want to talk more about that? No, let, let me let me let me take a step back. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> let, let's just chat it for a second about earnings, Harry. As, okay. as we mentioned, they're they're coming. They're going to come fast and furious. But uh, you know, all told, when you look at, at analyst projections right now, they keep there's sort of the race. I guess race to the bottom here, where they're you know who downgrades and how much you downgrade and 
Um, I, I think everybody's just, again, getting to the same side of the boat together. They're expecting earnings growth rate of about 4.3% in the second quarter. Uh, that's, that's the lowest figure that's that's uh has been projected since that was since the last quarter of 2020 and when the economy was just beginning to recover from the quarantines the pandemic quarantine so um yeah this inflation harry it's 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 taking a bite a bite out of a bite out of everything and and i and here's where i think the confusion lies and maybe i mean you follow it and maybe you have the answer um last friday uh, payrolls, U.S. payrolls were announced, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the labor market remains surprisingly tight. And again, remember that we announced it's mid-month, not the end of the month. Very important. Uh, 372,000 uh, were added to payrolls. Yep. and and that, surprised. That was in excess of 100,000 of the mm-hmm. estimate. And, and, and they did lower... The previous two months by a combined 74,000. Saw that. Uh, Unemployment rate remained at 3.6%, even though the labor force participation rate fell to 62 from 64%. Our average hourly earnings were up about three-tenths of 1% month over month. So that pushes the Fed Mm -hmm. to continue on the path of of having to increase rates here to stay, you know, to, to hopefully, uh, you know, bring in, bring inflation down. And is now, this next one going to be three quarters of a point? So after this announcement was made on uh, last Friday, literally in a, in a moment's notice, the, the markets are now pricing in. Uh, there's a 98 percent probability that there's going to be a 75 basis point increase in the wow. Fed fund Fed fund rate. Later this month. Do you happen to have handy the last time we had that much of an increase? Two months in a row? Yeah. Uh, No, I don't. But it's been been a long time. Sure feels like it. So the Fed is off, Harry, the month of August. Good. Uh, Good. And then they come back in in September. And and I've seen indications anywhere from 25 you know, to 50 basis and points. And you said 98%. 98%. 75 basis yeah. points, which so is... So that's where we're going. That's, that's, that's where we're going. Three, unless... Three quarters of Unless a, of something point. happens here with earnings. And uh, so you, you have, you know... You, you were asking if I have the answer. Here's my answer in terms of this whole employment situation. The 3.6% unemployment rate is very deceiving because you still have so many people that aren't participating that are taken out of the the number. So the number is lower, in my estimation, artificially than it would be otherwise. So you know how they say you could have somebody that has a very strong 740 credit score or you could have somebody that has a very weak 740 credit score because they might not have much credit and not a lot of um, – they could be very young and not have a lot of years. And, and so you have a strong versus a weak. I think it's a weak Three point six percent. It's it's not mm-hmm. it's not what it appears. And I have another concern. Even though that was wonderful, and I'm always going to root for America. I'm I'm not one of those that roots against America so that you know an election can go the way that you want. I know there are people that live their life that way, and that's not me. But I sense after the summertime, we're going to have some real problems. Yeah, I heard you said that just just the other day, and. Um I just feel it. You think about- I, I feel casinos are going to be laying off. I, I, I sense significant problems 
for the shoulder months and in particular the off season. So you mentioned you know travel and you had great success with Spirit. Two for two. Um, you know, we've recently uh, were in Las Vegas and California. Didn't have great success <laughs> on the way out, uh, but did well. On, there were thousands the and thousands yeah. of flights. Incidentally, we flew as early as you can fly on Spirit Air at five thirty in the morning, right on time, and we flew as late as you can fly. Yeah, that's Spirit. pretty unusual that it worked out we that great. It. But yeah, I guess you know you were in Disney. You saw some uh, pretty big crowds. Yes, uh, people spending money. Yes, and. But I think and, it's the and, calm and, before the storm. And you know, were all these trips and vacations booked in the spring? Uh, and now we're in, and everybody travels in the summertime. That's a good point. And so now, as you mentioned, we get to the fall, and is, and this, will is, you is, be, that, is it yeah. is it just going to stop now? There's a lot of indication. I think a lot of it is a lot of indication that a, a, a lot of this travel is being done with borrowed money. Mm-hmm. You know, using you know using uh, credit cards in particular. Yes, and. Um, so the question at hand is when those bills arrive, are they going to be paid in, in full or are the bank's going to have some problems with some potential write-offs? I don't, you know, Harry, we've, you know, we've done this show together a long time. 31 years. And I've never seen, uh, again, the first half of this year where both stocks and bonds went down and the only thing that worked was cash and energy. We never have had that. And now... You know, we, I think it's a by. See if you agree or disagree. I think it's a byproduct of failed policies that have never been implemented in the history of the country. We talked about it. I know on your show, and I know I've talked about it incessantly. Uh, when you're not here, even more so because we're very structured and very disciplined uh, to be true to your um, your professional, <laughs> you know, code. And but yet we can't ignore these things. Build back better and the American Rescue Plan. They are the reason that we have runaway inflation right now. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, round. I don't think they bid. I don't know if they actually did build build back better. I think that was what they were coming with. And now, and you and Kirk talked about it last hour that they're talking at maybe a, 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 a smaller, a small. But yeah. that's you're right. It's not going to happen. No, I mean we're so not in this environment. We're so close to November, but maybe in in, in retrospect. If they rolled the first, and you can't, there's so many different, I can't remember all the names for all the programs, but if they, they rolled the first one when we were really <clears throat> in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, uh, our unemployment rates, you know, soared, everything was closed, you, you know, you didn't leave your house. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that might have made some sense. For a period. The first, what I'll call the first, the uh, the first time that everyone got paid. Yeah. Then r- rounds two and three and thereafter. Uh, Harry, I mean, that's just, we created this sugar high and, and now we're paying for it, you know, and the question is going forward, you know, a lot of the margins are getting squeezed, uh, not only with big companies, but also small companies. I think, I think you're absolutely right that come the fall, uh, we're going to see some layoffs, uh, you know, not only in leisure and hospitality, but, you know, technology companies as well. I mean, you're seeing that now, actually, with, with some of these big tech companies. No doubt about it. Uh, I was looking at the clock like we could go to the bottom of the hour break, but we still have enough time to take on one more of uh, Chuck's agenda items. And I don't know if you, if you don't finish it in three minutes, we can we can come back to it. We can start it because inflation, I I believe inflation is could be the number one 
issue in America today, and it, it appears that tomorrow we're going to get not so good news about it. Well, so it's it's a, it's a tax on everyone, Harry. It's it's you know low income earners, uh, you know, unfortunately get hit the hardest, and it's a it's a matter of of uh, of making decisions. Do you? F- put fuel or gas in the vehicle or do you you know do you put food on the table and it's it's gotten that unfortunately harry it's 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 gotten uh, really bad in some parts of the country um as you know and uh, your listeners know the price of food is is you know going up exponentially uh and the, the, the they've made that they, they try to make and you mentioned it multiple times the tricks in the mm-hmm. in the packaging 32 uh, ounces is now, now 28. 28. But but here's what happened last week in particular. We had some you know pretty big declines in commodity prices. Um, you know, ap- uh, apartment rentals, U.S. apartment rentals are starting to level off now and, and in some cases actually declining. And, and the surge in, in, our, in our U.S. dollar are just a few of the signs that inflation – pressures maybe are beginning to ease maybe are beginning to ease now great um you know there's in in recent sessions in the stock market uh there's been a real big focus on the risk of of a recession uh then on inflation so i guess the the question is you know uh you know and i think you you said it you're going you're let me get this right your prediction is the q2 we're somehow going to be able to skate by, yes. Um, so we quote unquote do not have a recession, yes. yes. And that's going to put us. I through. feel <laughs> I feel so confident about that that I I can't even express it in in more uh, unambiguous terms. They will not allow. I know that negative you know growth is oxymoronic and it's not even correct, but it, people can understand it. They will not allow a second quarter of negative. So here's we always talk about the, the two year and ten year treasury. And and for the longest time, it kind of skirted, you know, uh, the two years yielded slightly more than a 10-year, maybe mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. one basis point or one half of one basis point. And, you know, the, the recession signals were out there. Now, what has happened over the last week, that spread between the 2 and 10 is really starting to widen out where the 10-year is yielding less than a 2-year by almost 10 basis points, which, in, which well, is an that, indicator. That's good. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I, I took it the opposite way. Right, the ten year right. is yielding less than a two year. Oh no, no, that, so, that, that's inverted. That's so the curve yeah. is inverted. Yeah. So that you know the question, you know, who's right? Is the stock market or the bond market? And you know, inverted yield curves foretell recessions, right? Correct. Almost every time. Correct. Well, what's going to be interesting uh, if it's negative, then we are by the book by definition in a recession. We're going to go to the bottom of the hour break, but I'll just say this as we go, we go into the break, Chuck. If you ask the average American citizen right now if they feel like this is a recession, a wild majority of the American people would all say yes. So does it even matter? If it's not literally a recession by the book, if you feel that it is, isn't that almost the same? Well, I think we, we've created this ourselves, you know, with a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. where we where people say, you know, I, I can't spend money because. Right. So so did we, in fact, talk ourselves into in a recession? But, Harry, look, the next partly the next several weeks, you know, tech, big banks, regionals, banks, uh, health care. I mean, they're all coming. How big a role do you think? The, and I know you don't talk political, but this is this is 
This is civics. This is not political. It's civics. It's government. It's 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 finance. The fact that the White House does not inspire confidence, I think, is a big part of the problem. I I, I agree with you, Harry. There is. Um I mean, we, we, we're we not going to talk politics, but we, you know, as, as you know, but I, I think that a lot of people are very disappointed in, 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 um, in the president and, uh, and the people that he, he, he is surrounding himself with. And, um, I don't think the intellectual levels are there, quite frankly. And, um, because guess what? We're, we're in very, very, different times right now yes and, and a lot of people really even haven't experienced inflation i mean we were we were kids yep and the last time we had this kind of inflation yeah it feels like that it feels like the 70s all over again and in some cases some respects even worse very velvet touch chuck proud of you uh was very listenable and and delicate the way that you did that but yet it was effective for all of your financial planning needs 609-383-2010 609-383-2010 and you'll find out how chuck and his team how they have perfected their concept of total asset management coupled with the all-important asset allocation with chuck malamut i am your humble public servant the mayor of the morning early in the morning on the job in year 31 on wpg talk radio 95.5 we are where the program started where we started is where we are now past is prologue this is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. It's getting traction. It's in, in the process of going viral. The Atlantic City High School uh, is hiring their head boys basketball coach after a very long vacancy. I don't understand why it took so long. Fun things to do in Atlantic City. This summer, we spent three and a half hours on that. I hope you'll take a read. And favorite types of seafood, crabs in particular, in the Atlantic City area. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Temperatures and humidity on the rise today, leading to a somewhat active weather day with scattered thunderstorms in the forecast this evening. Mostly sunny and breezy, hot and humid today, high of 90. Watch for scattered showers and thunderstorms this evening. Could be a pocket of heavy rain and frequent lightning. Clearing skies after midnight, low 73. Tomorrow, partly sunny, still very warm and dry, high 89. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We continue with Chuck Malamut. Um, I want you to pick up where you decide. Yeah, so let's talk a minute, Harry, about the FOMC okay. uh, meeting minutes. Mm-hmm. Um and again, it seems like it, I guess the I guess the word of the day seems seems to be inflation. That's all we've how many we've every topic we've talked about we keep going back. So well, it's, it, and it's not redundant. It's hitting Americans everywhere they turn. Yeah. So you know the the Fed meeting minutes that were that were released um, you know last week. Uh, policymakers are obviously very, very concerned about inflation expectations. It's the number one concern they have right now. And the, and, and there, there, there'll be a, a more restrictive policy put in place to rein in these, these price pressures. The, um, 
again, 75 basis points. That's where we're going yeah. in, in, uh, at, the, at the next meeting. And, uh, Is there any, any concern that they're pushing too hard, too fast? I mean, after blowing it, I mean, let's be honest, they blew it. They, they called this no big deal. They said that it they would not the be word transitory. transitory. I know, and you, you, know, you were right on, and you said absolutely not. This is for real. It was easy to see, and they should have been able to see it. Are they now pushing too hard, too fast? The Fed has not had a very good track record of success. No. And, uh, and so now, and the one thing about the markets, whether it's equities or fixed income, they never get it right. It's you know it's either too far to the left or too far to the right, and and you know with with these rate hikes and the consumer sentiment as 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 sour and dour as it is right now, and all the strategists you know virtually marking down marking down all these stocks. I I, I think you get to the point where you know the markets become very very oversold mm-hmm. and uh but and people's people just you know hunker down and say we're not going to sp- spend any money so we in fact if if we don't have a recession we put ourselves right into one yeah uh and you know look harry next 2 to 3 weeks i'm so interested in hearing one obviously earnings but two uh forward looking statements like where as a company ceo or cfo where do you think you're going? Um, do these prices ever return, to, I'll say, to normal, just to, for brevity's sake? And that, that could just – we could torture the English language on that. Or is this where we're at? I mean you used to be able to go to a big box store and get a rotisserie chicken for like five bucks. This stuff is now double and you know even more. Is that is that the new normal? I mean this is – <laughs> this is not good. I, I think, Harry, I'm, I'm laughing with, with you. I'm sorry. No, I mean, no, I mean, mean to laugh at you. I, I didn't um, take it that way. But the <laughs> – I, I just remember um, when Kirk was in here with you several years ago and he was hanging around with with us. And yeah. I re- For your show. <laughs> The, the uh, audience, studio and I, audience, and I made the <clears throat> I made the comment about the new normal, oh. and um, I, you know, there's there's a lot of things in life you forget, yeah, and there's a lot, there's a few things you, you know. Remember. I wrote a whole column about that. <laughs> new normal is my pet peeve, and I and I re- I remember that like as if it was yesterday. But having said all that, I, I think prices will come down, you know, because you have these competitive forces. Uh, will thirty-two ounce bottle of beverage go back to? I think it will. From twenty-eight to thirty-two, I, I think it will, Harry. And so you know, look, there's a lot of things, and I'm not telling you anything, or your listeners, that you don't know. China zero policy, zero COVID policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know, you have one case and they shut the country down. Yeah, it's terrible. That doesn't help the supply no. chain. No. Uh, obviously, you know, the damage that we have done, and you know, uh, you know, when when the president changed from Republican to Democrat, you know, with oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it'd be great if if we had EV or electric vehicles for everyone. That's not going to happen, Harry. At least for twenty years. It's I know they're be not, a long uh, time, and they're affecting uh, policy on something we're not ready for. And, and last but not least, you, you know, no, did did anyone really expect the, the war in in Ukraine to be this long? And could this? Well, could, the, the president, who is, has a fifty year track record of always being wrong, said it was a twenty four hour to forty eight hour proposition well is this going to be a war like we have in the middle east like forever forever i, I don't know it, it seems well hey listen ukrainians uh are proud and they are fighters and they don't want to be part of russia and i think they're going to fight to the death 
They are. So you have, you know, you have those mitigating factors, and it all kind of pushes on the market. Chuck, I just saw your very um, designer bottle there. You know, I'm just pu- pulling out the, uh, the the Deer Park today. For a moment there, I thought you had the Fiji water, but now I see now I see that it's Aquafina. So I, th- I thought I saw a square bottle there. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, Chuck, we'll be right back. Final break for all of your financial planning needs. Turn to Chuck Malamut and his great team at the Northfield office of uh, Morgan Stanley, 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. We'll be back in just a moment with Chuck Malamut. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's 51 minutes past the hour. It's really flown by and a lot more important content uh, to continue with Chuck Malamut. So let's talk about the market. Yeah, so, so Harry, I want to, you know, go back to where we originally started this morning. And, and again, to get this sour mood in the market between analysts and strategists and, and the race, I call the race to the bottom, uh, where nobody wants you see, no, nobody wants to be wrong. Um and, and as my partner Mike says, you know, if the market moves in the right direction, nobody gets criticized because all was forgotten. Yes. But, you, you know, if, if you go down, if you look at the S&P, you know, uh, when it has been down at least 20 percent for a trailing, you know, a trailing 12 months. Uh, and, and again, that's that's where that's where we are right now. And, and that has happened 20 times over the last quote 400 months so that's it's it, it, there's a fair amount of frequency to that uh the the total return on a go forward basis once you get there harry it's been about 17 percent a year uh to the upside so there's been a there's been a lot of discussion about stocks moving in the right direction i just think you're right we have to get through you know this this period um, and and then the market will. We think we're going to have a pretty good second half as we you know get into the latter part of 2022. That would be great. Uh, the rising cost of money. What does this mean? So, Harry, as we talked about, you know, the two year and the ten year, you know, the treasuries, and uh, you know, it's it's just hard to believe that you know the ten year treasury note just six months ago. Mm-hmm. Was was yielding about one and a half percent. Right. So we pushed through that, and we it it, it doubled uh, to over three. But if you got, can do better with two years, who's going to buy ten? Well, you're not. Right. You're, you're not. But here's here's what I think is 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 I don't want to say troubling, but it's something that we've never seen before. Uh, over the, over the last sixty years, the yield on the ten year has never doubled over the course of an entire calendar year. So you think about it. We started in January close to one and a half. We're now at three. We're in July. So unless the, the market, unless the market goes through an awful recession, Harry, driving long rates down, this will be another first. It will double. It will double. In one or, year. Or close to it. Yep. Very interesting. Mortgage rates... Um I mean, that's something that a lot of people are thinking about right now. They are, Harry. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's been an issue, and uh, I think Nephew Jim and you guys have talked about it with supply 
and that continues to to be in, to be an issue. But it'll be in tomorrow, by the way, ladies um, and gentlemen. But but every one percentage point increase in mortgage rates reduces overall property sales by about ten percent. So you think about you know you know where rates went and they move very very quickly. Now they have in fact moved down down of late. Uh, the the average on the 30 year fixed right now is is you know less than 6 closer to 5 uh but just 3 months ago you know it, it's moved 150 basis points and again that you know that takes out you know a, 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 that takes out a lot of borrowers when rates go up i know you don't well you do you do mortgages so i was going to say you don't profess to be a mortgage expert i want to take that back you do mortgages um, we just don't talk about it a lot. The when the rate goes up, doesn't typically property values go down? They usually do. But it just look what that keeps doing. Yeah. So you're at the uh, the, the Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Yeah. So that's what your one one month change. Thirty days, one point seven percent up. Um, it doesn't. It's it's almost like the and I guess that's all supply and demand. It is. There's it, not we, enough supply. There, there is not enough. And we we kind of talked about it on the break, some of the housing we're seeing that's being done locally, uh, new 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 construction. But, uh, again, th- think about it. You couldn't, you couldn't construct a home because you had the rising prices. Yeah. And then you push you – And some of it, you couldn't even get the materials. And if you could, they were a fortune. Mm-hmm. Remember when a sheet of plywood went like $125 or something? I it, do. It got crazy. It did. And uh, so a lot of those commodity prices have come down. Lumber, copper – Obviously, uh, gas, mm-hmm. and and so that's why I think that the number you're going to see C- tomorrow, CPI, Harry. I think again, I th- I think it's going to be higher than it was the previous month. But you know, I think future months, I think it's going to it'll start to come down here. In the final three minutes of Chuck's program, uh, unless we cover another topic, I think we do have time to do another topic. But Chuck is going to give us a history lesson of the Fed. Yeah, Harry, Yay! this is not, <laughs> this is. You're not you're not going to like this. So <laughs> so let me let me just throw it out there. So uh back in night remember we were kids. Oh yeah. Or young adults. Yes. 1979. Yes. Uh inflation was up 13.3%. I was and driving a 1972 Chevelle at that time. I, yeah. And then in 1980 it was up 12.5% that particular year. Fed this is what's a little scary. Fed fund rates um was eight and a half percent, eight and a half percent, Harry, in in the middle of 1980. Wow! And then just six months later, where do you think the Fed took that to? Well, I remember the Fed rate doesn't it doesn't. What I remember is because I paid it, I paid seventeen and a half percent for my mortgage, and I paid twenty one point six percent. For my first new car. So you're right there. 20%. Harry, imagine the Fed goes from 85 to 20% just wow. six months later in, 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 an, in an effort to get inflation down. Wow. Um, painful. It is painful. So I think that, you know, a lot of your listeners and a lot of our clients have really not experienced that sort of, you know, that sort of inflation. And it's something that I, I think that we all need to be made aware of. Chuck, we're not going to advocate whether someone should go to college or not go to college on the Malamut program. But just hypothetically, uh, and I know we only have about a minute for you to opine on it, but do you really need to go to college? You know, Harry, I don't think 
I don't really think you need to go to college for you know for for a lot of yeah, uh, industries and sectors yep. and, and 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 trades right now. There's, you know, forty one percent of college graduates uh, are now working in jobs and where they're quote unquote underemployed. Do you also think that colleges played themselves out because they just get, were so greedy and so expensive that people decided I'm not going and then found other ways to make a living. And remember, we were at a point where a bachelor's degree wasn't enough. You need a master's degree. Then they're talking about you need a doctorate. It's gone the other way now, it seems. It has. I mean, these prices are just insane, Harry. Really is. No doubt about it. A lot of ground covered with the best in the business. Chuck Malamut for all of your financial planning needs. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. Tell Chuck that I sent you early in the morning, Chuck. Awesome. Harry, enjoy the rest of your week, okay? You got it. You do the same, my friend. A doctor is making a house call next. Dr. Bob Zlotnick, Atlantic Prevention Resources, presents in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Fourth quarter begins right now. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's six minutes past the hour. Very pleased to announce that Dr. Bob Zlotnick is making a house call. He is the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. And we visit on this particular day in this hour, uh, monthly. Dr. Bob, welcome to your program. Thank you, Harry. Good morning. Good morning. What's happening, doctor? Um, well, yesterday I picked up um, Atlantic Prevention Resources' first um, vehicle that we have purchased. Um, that was kind of exciting. Um, as you know, um, about four years ago, we were uh, poised to buy a van yep. to do um, to do um, mobile services. Um, and this was well before the pandemic was even on anyone's radar, of course. But we thought, um, and I wrote a proposal, and I wrote it into our um, our grant application originally when we applied for the grant to do our um, Atlantic County Quit Center, which is the our program located in Mays Landing now that helps people quit smoking and vaping and using all tobacco products. Um, so when we originally applied to the New Jersey Department of Health for funding for this project, I proposed in our initial application that we would do mobile services as opposed to just in our office, which yes. at the time was in Absecon mm-hmm. and, and Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. And the mobile services didn't specify how we would do it, like, you know, what kinds of transportation we would use. Or, but what we – the proposal was to meet clients where they were. For example, if we were to do some services in Atlantic City – at one of the casinos or one or more of the casinos, what we would want to do rather than offer services inside a building that allowed smoking by legally, we would want to do them outside or in some kind of vehicle, uh, a camper or an RV, something that we would try to uh, obtain and convert to use for that purpose rather than make 
you know, asked my staff to go into a building that allowed smoking and have to walk through smoking areas to get to a, a, a room for, for training or for a group of employees that were trying to quit smoking because that happens over there, you know. Yeah. Um, and people smoke and people want to stop smoking periodically. And, and so we were, we were proposing to do this in Atlantic City casinos, one or more. And, and I wanted to just put, put some kind of, um, proposal out there that we didn't have to do them on site specifically. We could actually, you know, do them somewhere else in the city that didn't allow smoking so that my staff didn't have to go there and that people who were participating, casino employees who were participating, whether they be housekeepers or, or pit bosses or, you know, management from upstairs, that they wouldn't have to walk through a smoking area to get to the, the you know, they wouldn't be triggered, so, so to speak. Um, by smelling tobacco smoke. So that proposal, I mean, we, our proposal was accepted. We never really implemented that. But at the, at, the, at the end of the first year of our grant, which started a little late, and therefore we had a little bit of funds left over, um, I asked the state for permission to purchase a van to do mobile quit services. And this was back in, I guess, seven, uh, 18, the end of 18, perhaps. And... Um, they approved it all the way up the chain, and we were just about, I mean, it was like 10 days before the end of the grant period, and the only um, thing standing in our way was the actual commissioner of the Department of Health, a, a member of the governor's cabinet at the time, and at the last minute, we didn't get the final approval. We got approvals all the way up, budget, uh, you know, program, all uh, an assistant commissioner had signed off on it. And the, at the last minute, the commissioner didn't sign off on it. And so, you know, it was disappointing. But we by we, the way, disappointing and surprising because the the entire pro- thought process was very well founded. Well, I laid it out in our initial application for cert to, you know, to provide services. That was not a, a, a significant part of it. It was a small part of yeah. it. It was just really, you know, a paragraph in a, in a 10 or 20 page document yeah. that I, that I proposed doing this. And, and, you know, I mean, they, they are within their right to refuse requests like this. Of course, it is, it is state taxpayer funds. It yeah. is you know, in some cases federal funds that come down and that, uh, that are spent uh, wisely and they are stu- steward of the funds. So I can't fault them for not allowing this. They do have other reasons for not wanting nonprofits to own expensive equipment like, ve- like vehicles and, 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 uh, do major capital improvements on their building because during a downturn, and they have to. Um, they don't want to have to take vehicles back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I got you. If you know, it, 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 technically, if it's purchased with state funds and your grant ends, you should give it to them. And they don't like to be in that position to take a, a van from from a nonprofit agency. That's not a good look for them. So they'd rather not. And this is just. I'm just surmising this. I don't but, know. But, for that, sure. but that makes. That, I get it now. That makes sense. Still, what a nice opportunity, though, to serve clients, though. Yeah. And and initially, when we first were doing this proposal, I had found a company that retrofits passenger vans, uh, 15-seat passenger vans, you know, those large, you know, church vans. Yes. um, Takes the seating out, some of the seating out, and puts in desks with chairs. The desk is fixed in there. It's like attached to the chassis of the vehicle. And there's two fixed chairs. So, So this was, again, before the pandemic. So this would have been an opportunity for a client to meet in an air-conditioned van with a counselor 
privately with, you know, um, darkened windows so you can't see in. Yeah. Full confidentiality. Again, not addiction treatment, but but just counseling for um, tobacco. Mo- yeah. Mobile clinic, mobile office. I think it's fantastic. It, yep. And, and and we would have gotten a hotspot and we would have had, a you know, a laptop plug in there and, and it would have been um, really neat. So, but that didn't work out. And so ever since then, it's kind of been like my, um, I'm like Ahab and, and the <laughs> van has been my white whale, so to speak. And, and th- th- those big white vans kind of look like whales. They're, yeah. they're big and they're clunky. I, and- I, I like your uh, analogy. I like the thought process, <laughs> Captain. So yesterday, uh, <laughs> yesterday um, I picked up our APR's first fleet vehicle, probably our only fleet vehicle for a very long time. And, and it, it comes with a whole lot of um, other issues that I didn't really, um, you know, plan out initially when I was proposing this years ago. But, for example, all kinds of policies about who, who can use it, when they can use it, what for. Um, we need to track log every mile uh, to make sure that people aren't using it for personal use. The gas. The, the toll, I, I picked the thing up at Kindle Ford in, um, right off of Stone Harbor, you know, on Stone Harbor Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving up the parkway with this thing and I realized I have no cash and there's no easy pass. I mean, this is, you know, a, a new vehicle essentially to me. It's, it was not a brand new van. It was a used van. And I had to stop uh, at the rest area on the parkway and use my, um, ATM card to get money to pay the toll because I had Right. No, yeah. no, no easy anything. pass on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, nothing. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, I had to make a game day decision. Am I going to run the toll or am I going to stop and get some money and pay the toll? And which I, I did that. It was only two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Had you had you what some people have to do if they run into that and they don't have any money, they get the letter in the mail. Fifty dollars plus whatever the toll is. Well, I, I suppose if I had pulled up to the uh, toll collector and explained that I just bought this van and I didn't have any money, maybe they would have, you know, given me a note that said I had 24 hours to pay it. Or yeah, something. I, I think I think I think you could have worked it out. It's you're you're industrious, but you did uh, it. You did it even easier <laughs> by stopping at the ATM. I was very honored to second the emotion uh, because I know that when you put something down to paper, number one, I've always said this: you're a great writer. But you're also it, it, there are people that can just throw words together. But you're also a man of substance. So I just think this is very good for Atlantic Prevention Resources. Thank you. I'm hopeful that it is. And you know, aside from the fact that we can use it to transport staff, for example, we attend or we used to. I mean, you know, in the last couple of years, we haven't attended many in-person conferences and meetings. But uh, in the past. We have gone to events, conferences, trainings, meetings throughout the state, mostly and largely in state, of course, uh, that, um, that, you know, where we take four, five, six, seven staff. And sometimes we have to take two vehicles, yeah. two people's personal vehicles. Yeah. This will, this will eliminate the need for that. It'll save wear and tear on people's cars. It will, it will, it will actually, in the long run, probably save the agency money, assuming the van holds up and doesn't require a lot of maintenance. And I don't expect that we will be putting a, a ton of miles on the vehicle either. But 
But for example, if we took eight people to a, a conference or a meeting or a training somewhere, you know, say in Trenton, which is you know where we used to go periodically and for, for things like that, instead of two vehicles, we now have one vehicle. So it's even though the the mileage may not be as good as someone's personal vehicle, you know, the gas uh, economy, um, it still is. It's saving tolls. It's no, saving, it's saving tolls is saving multiple vehicles, as you say, and all of that expense reports for all the uh, mileage and the gas. Now it, it's. It, not only is it justifiable, you, you made the case, solidly made the case. And then I'm sure there will be additional benefits that over time, because you now have it, that will come to pass. Dr. Bob, let's get our first break in, because I know that you have, after the bottom of the hour break, a guest is going to join your program. So let's not get too far uh, past the first break here. It's 17 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob Zlotnick. It is Atlantic City. I'm sorry. It's Atlantic Prevention Resources Presents. And we'll be right back with Dr. Bob. I am Hurley in the Morning. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's early in the morning at 22 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob Zlotnick. He'll be joined by his guests coming up after the bottom of the hour break. Dr. Bob, this is a mini segment. As you know, we ran a little bit long in the first segment, which was great. And and no one got harmed. It's talk radio. Uh, Time is yours. Thank you, Harry. I want to talk about an event we're doing today. Um, it is unfortunately too late for anyone to um, sign up to attend this. And really, it's only for our coalition members. We've been operating our joined together Atlantic County coalition for going on nine years. And um, this is a substance misuse prevention coalition. We specifically address a few items, underage drinking, which is uh, one of the major um, initiators of substance use disorders, uh, tobacco, as well as um, marijuana, and also mostly uh, prescription drug use and um, opioid use and misuse. And this leads to a lot of the overdoses that we've had in uh, Atlantic County and throughout New Jersey and the nation um, recently. A lot of, uh, you know, use, misuse of medications that, uh, you know, sometimes start innocently with someone getting injured, uh, maybe a, a student athlete getting injured and then being prescribed something uh, for pain. And sometimes, you know, based on a person's biology, uh, the chemistry in their brain, uh, family history, they may become addicted to these these drugs. And it is um, it is devastating to families, as you well know. We, yep. we, in this country, we're losing over 300 people a day to overdoses. Hey, Bob, do you know if um, – I'm not asking you to be like a pharmacist or a doctor, even though you are Dr. Bob Zlotnick, uh, but not a medical doctor. Do we know if by limiting how many – remember, it, it just used to be prescribed. You, you, if you needed it for – uh, three days or five days after a surgery because of the, the pain would be so bad. Uh, but you'd get 30 days. You get a full month. And who knows, maybe even a refill or easy to get a refill. When the law started to be codified that limited how many you could get and, and just really buttoned it down a whole lot, 
Has that made a measurable difference? I don't think so. I, I honestly don't know. Wow. Well, I'm sure that. Yeah, I don't either. I sense the problem is still very real and that people, whether they do, if they're addicted, and, and I agree with you, it can be very easy. It, it just, in, in the beginning especially, I mean, it feels great and we get to the point where you don't feel normal unless you're doing it. And there, as you know, there's a famous broadcaster that had a problem with it all. Uh, and so there's no doubt to what you're saying. But if you can doctor shop and, you, you know, you, you, it seems like if somebody wants them, they're going to find a way to get them. Yes. And and something that um, I just want to just to go back to the retreat for a minute. We're having yeah. our annual retreat for our coalition today. It We're going on the um, I forget the name of it. I think the spirit of Atlantic City. It's a um, it's a party boat. Yep. <laughs> we're not we're not partying, of course. But it's a retreat for coalition members that have been, you know, faithful to us, attending meetings and participating even during the pandemic, um, you know, on Zoom largely. But we haven't had a lot of face-to-face events, of course. And this one was planned by our intrepid uh, coalition facilitator, our, our community initiatives coordinator, Laurie Smith, who uh, was trying to find something outside and in fresh air. And what better uh, choice than a, a cruise around the back bay of Atlantic City? So um, that's what we're doing today at 3.30. And, uh, to, you know, to, to kind of um, team building and also to reward some of our, um, you know, our longtime coalition members and even our new members uh, for pr- their participation. And um, so I just wanted to mention that. Um, sure. So please wish us uh, well on our voyage. Uh, it's a three-hour tour. Oh, so it's, it's a three-hour tour. It's, it's, the weather started no, getting no, rough. The, the tiny ship was tossed. Yeah. No, I, it, I got gotcha. you. It's two hours. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> but, but, but that's our annual retreat. But 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 getting back to what we were just talking about, I want to um, just say hello to Gretchen. I don't know if she's on hold yet, but um, I would like to introduce Gretchen Halfpenny to, um, to, to whoever who's listening. And uh, she is our overdose fatality review team facilitator. We started two years ago. Um, uh, we were funded by the county uh, who received funds from the State Department of Health to review fatal overdoses in Atlanta County. We yesterday completed uh, four or five reviews and the last one was number 63. So in the last two years, we have reviewed the cases of 63 people who overdosed in Atlanta County between the beginning of 2020 and I think we got up to September. Uh, and, and this is not everybody, of course, but these were selected by the state medical examiner's office for review. Uh, the state mental exam- me- medical examiner's office sends us uh, the reports, the toxicology. I mean, they give the report on live on our meeting. And um, and then we talk about at these meetings what happened. Why did this person you know, not get help? Did they seek help and not get it? Did they not seek help? Did they have other issues and either other physical issues or or mental health issues or employment problems or legal problems? And we try to piece together the last hours, days, weeks, months of these people's lives. And sometimes we get um, interviews from family members. It's really, it's fascinating, Harry, to, to hear some of these stories that, that, these people go through i mean these are our neighbors these are our family members. yeah bob i know you wanted to hit a timeout uh so that we could get back near the uh bottom of the hour we'll be back a few minutes after that gretchen halfpenny is here you'll be able to introduce her when we come back i've been fascinated about this since the first conversation that dr bob and i had because i believe once you have a representative sampling uh you're going to have such critical data 
that can make a huge difference uh, in these circumstances. I'm very excited to hear uh, this interview with Dr. Bob and Gretchen. You're listening to Dr. Bob Zlotnick, who is the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. This is a monthly program that Dr. Bob and Atlantic Prevention Resources presents titled Under the Influence. We will be back with Dr. Bob and Gretchen right after this. It's 29 minutes past the hour. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. We're back 34 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob Zlotnick, who will be introducing his distinguished guest. Dr. Bob, your guest is here. Time is yours. Thank you, Harry. Uh, we are visiting again, I think for the second time with Gretchen Halfpenny. Gretchen is the uh, f- the facilitator of our overdose fatality review team. Good morning, Gretchen. Good morning, Bob. It's nice to be here. Thank you for uh, calling in. And um, so we had our, um, had to be 15th or more uh, meeting yesterday, our review meeting. And we, right. um, we, went over several cases, including case number 63. So that means that we have covered the cases of 63 people who, um, heaven forbid, have, uh, you know, I hate to say it, overdosed and passed as a result of drug use. And other, I mean, there's other, there's alcohol involved in many of these as well. But the contributing factors are mostly, largely drugs and largely opioid drugs. And I think fentanyl stands out as being the predominant um, fact, contributing factor. Would you agree with that? Yes, Bob. Um, in the cases that we're seeing, I think it's 90% of the cases ha- have fentanyl. It's rare to not have a case with fentanyl. And, you know, there are a lot of other drugs in the system, too. Um, we're seeing an increase of methamphetamine. Um, and as you mentioned, there are a number of drugs. Sometimes there's multiple drugs in a person's system, including alcohol, cocaine, sometimes antidepressants. So uh, we see a variety of drugs. But can I speak to a little bit about oh. what uh, what it is we do? Yeah, uh, the, the OFRT. Um, you know, our goal, as you mentioned, is to prevent these overdose deaths. And we do that through a process of reviewing these cases, which, as you mentioned, we've uh, done 63. We're trying to um, gather data to learn how... Um, to provide to the state so that they can gather data from every county to see what trends there are. But also here in our county, we look to see how we can improve our system of care. Um, So as we review these uh, deaths, which are, as you said, unfortunate and often so sad, uh, we basically conduct what we call a social autopsy um, to those lost. And so we, we strategically review their lives from potential childhood drama to the onset of their use, to perhaps attempts for them to try to um, recover, and ultimately what led to their death. So it is really fascinating, um, often sad, um, and and we are finding some trends and um, noticing some gaps in our service areas. 
So the common themes that I have noticed, and we've talked about uh, many times on these reviews, is um, is childhood trauma, like you mentioned, someone who scores higher on the ACEs, uh, the adult childhood experiences scale. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really just 10 questions that ask someone uh, about experiences from their childhood, like, for example, um, divorce. Um, child abuse or neglect. I mean, there's some serious things on this list. And the higher someone scores, the higher their ACEs score, the more likelihood is that they have trauma from childhood, which many of our clients have, uh, you know, have, have talked about that, at least their family members. And when we do the next of kin interviews and we don't conduct those ourselves, we get a report from a social worker with the state. We hear about, you know, childhood trauma. And um, that is something that is present in many of these cases. Right. So some of the other trends we're seeing, as you said, um, a lot of people have had these adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. Um, they've often been involved with the criminal justice system. Um, a typical decedent is also experiencing physical or mental health disorders. Um, you know, a lot of these decedents have chronic pain, um, uh, hypertension, you know, other coexisting conditions. Um, so typically the average decedent is probably about 40 years old, but another trend we're seeing just probably in the past few months is uh, the increase in age. Um, we've reviewed decedents as old as 73, uh, people who have overdosed and, um, you know, the numbers are uh, trending older. I noticed that yesterday, Harry, this is really interesting that we had several um, cases yesterday of people in their 60s. Um, wow. When we started this, it, it, see, it seemed like people were largely in their 20s, 30s, even 40s. And, and may, maybe there was an outlier here and there. But yesterday, if I recall correctly, we had several, uh, two or three people who were in their 60s or older. Is that right? Yes, it is. There, there were three. And it's, it is interesting because in the past months, as I say, it's, you know, we, you get people that are in their 50s, late 50s. Um, and that's not typically what I think we think of, but um, it's definitely trending higher. And the deaths that we're reviewing are about two years old. That the, um, we, In order to be able to get the cases from the medical examiner, he has to, the cases need to be closed by the prosecutor's office. So it's about a two year lag. So we're reviewing cases of people who have died in the summer of 2020, uh, right right during COVID. Right. And we also saw trends when COVID started, um, you know, because we were able to see that of how COVID changed um, and made people more at risk. So that was also interesting. But now the cases we're reviewing are, you know, in the summer that COVID first hit. So let's talk about um, what are some of those other things that we have seen um, besides, you know, comorbidity of uh, you know, physical, mental health issues, and also um, fentanyl, certainly, which is largely involved. Uh, what about, like, lacks, either a lack of service or a, a failure of the system to help these people? Well, I think one of the, a couple big things we've seen um, uh, is the fact that there's such a stigma uh, around substance use disorder um, and subsequently um, people with substance use disorder are often treated differently by um, not only their fa family members, um, you know, people in the community, but e even in the, in the medical field when they, when they go in to get services. Uh, so the stigma is pervasive everywhere and it prevents a lot of people from getting help 
um, they themselves feel guilty. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're working to try to reduce the stigma associated both with mental health disorders and substance use disorders. Um, if there were less stigma, people would feel more comfortable going getting, getting help. Hey, Gretchen, when you look at the data that you know of as of right now, and I'm not sure how many cases you have, but I imagine it's several or more. Is there anything that is consistent that you can draw from these uh, cases that are similar? Well, um, certainly fentanyl is a major factor. Um, Every case is different, but there are definitely uh, trends that we see. Um, You know, like even where the location of death is, we're seeing most most of these deaths occur in a person's own residence, but about 20% of them occur in motels. Uh, so that's another area where we're targeting um, to try to uh, engage with maybe some motel owners to make sure they have access to Narcan or maybe, um, you know, allow outreach services uh, near their uh, hotels. Um, you know, we see trends in the drugs. As I said, methamphetamine is something that's increasing. And just in the past two months, we've seen a, a new drug uh, called xylazine, uh, which is designed for animals, but it's uh, getting into the um, the illicit drugs, wow. uh, both heroin and cocaine. And um, unfortunately, there's no antidote for that. Um, Narcan does not work on it. It's not an opioid. Um, and it's designed specifically for animals. So, you know, the, the different tr- uh, trends that we're seeing, um, you know, another another trend we see is people who have a period of re- um, sobriety, whether they be incarcerated or perhaps they have had some success in recovery. If they relapse or once they get out of incarceration and um, go back to using, the likelihood of their overdoses is greater. So again, we're trying to work with our jail population um, and the services that we have out at the jail, which are provided right now through uh, Jewish Family Service and John Brooks Recovery Center. They do a great job out there and they're partnering with us to ensure that Narcan um, gets in the hands of uh, the inmates that need it when we leave the jail. And Harry, the reason for that is, if, if if anyone doesn't who's listening doesn't understand, is when people go to incarcerate or are incarcerated, they are most likely not using these drugs. Right. So when they come out and they use these drugs, they have no tolerance. Right. They've been, they've been in a position where they don't have access, and suddenly they have freedom again, and they have the temptation and and the ability to to access. Right. But, but they also may have been at a certain level of use, and they may want to go back to that level. But that's something that they built up over weeks or months or years, right. their tolerance. Right. Yeah. And, and the, dose, the dose that they would use would kill a person who didn't have that tolerance, and they understand that. Good point. Yeah, very, very important point. Let's take our final break. We will be right back in just a few minutes uh, visiting uh, on this portion of Dr. Bob's program, Atlantic Prevention Resources Presents. Uh, an important discussion. The, t- the program is titled Under the Influence with Gretchen Halfpenny. It's Dr. Bob Zlotnick and yours truly. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station.
WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. To you, my love, my heart, I surrender just as soon as I deal with yonder fender bender. Cause my ice cream truck is the way I make cash, so I'll buy you a ring when I lose this dress rash. Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but at least Progressive Commercial saves you money with personalized discounts. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I'm gonna make you so happy. Sometime next year, I hope. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation's 9-11 Never Forget mobile exhibit is a tribute to all who lost their lives on 9-11 or from 9-11-related illnesses. It's a high-tech tractor trailer that transforms into a museum to educate people of all ages about America's darkest day. The mobile exhibit has traveled across the country and has welcomed over 600,000 people. Visit it in a city near you. Do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Welcome back. 49 minutes past the hour. Dr. Bob Zlotnick continues. Atlantic Prevention Resources President and Chief Executive Officer with his guest Gretchen Halfpenny. Dr. Bob, time is yours. Thank you, Harry. I yep. want to um, acknowledge and thank Gretchen for all of the um, the work that she and the team put in. Um, besides our reviewers, who are uh, professionals in the field, uh, law enforcement, emergency medical, um, pharmacy, you know, across the board, um, education, human services. Um, we have staff, three staff. Gretchen Halfpenny is one of three that, that operate this program for us. Um, and so, Gretchen, I would like you to just, you know, thank the rest of the team first, because, um, yeah. you know, Brooke and Dorothy really are an integral part of, I mean, you know, you could probably do this all by yourself, but any of you probably could. You're, you're so good. So we do uh, work well together, the three staff. But as Bob mentioned, each of these case reviews, we have as many as 30 people on our team that uh, join us. Uh, from different agencies, and without them, it, it wouldn't work because they're able to provide um, not only their expertise but information on some of the diseases, as Bob mentioned, you know, uh, EMS, police, a prosecutor's office, um, you know, uh, CPMP, uh, hospitals. It's uh, They're really an essential uh, part of our team. Um, you know, I also wanted to go back to something that you had mentioned earlier that uh, was part of your earlier discussion about the number of opioids. Harry, you had asked if there had been a, a change in the prescription. Um, on the state's Department of uh, Health website, they have a, um, a dashboard. And I'm looking at the data right now regarding the number of opioids that were prescribed in Atlanta County. Um, and in 2020, it was 57, 57 per 100 people. And that sounds like a lot. However, that might mean one person maybe got three or four. Maybe they had an injury and they required three or four prescriptions. But so 57 out of 100 is the rate um, of prescriptions in 2020. But back in, in 2015, that number was up to 94. So it has decreased a lot, even though 57 sounds like an awful lot. And when you compare it to other counties, uh, we're not the highest, but we're definitely um, somewhat high. I mean, there are other counties with a higher prescription rate, but there are many that have a lower. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. Dr. Bob? 
You know, something that um, struck me yesterday in our meeting that I had never heard and didn't know was that uh, with the, the the increasing number of older people and people in their you know 50s, 60s, uh, even even older, but you know particularly in their 60s when they are of age to um, use Medicare, that there's an issue with Medicare. Someone to turn 65 and they get on Medicare, that becomes their primary health insurance payer. Uh, what I didn't understand was that if Medicare doesn't pay, then sometimes these people. Uh, people who are in pain and can't get a prescription painkiller sometimes go out on the street and buy opioids on the street, including heroin, which was just fascinating to me. I never even it never occurred to me. But people who are you know insured by our government-funded Medicare program that you know that we all pay into with our paychecks um, are, are having to go onto the street to purchase painkillers because they're because Medicare is not covering a painkiller for them, which was just fascinating to me. And there were also issues with Medicare covering um, appropriate treatment uh, that Medicare might not, uh, you know, cover a lot of treatment for an older person. Uh, Medicaid would, but Medicare is not. So that's something we just spoke about yesterday, and we need to learn a little bit more about um, and, you know, perhaps talk with legislators about it because um, it, it is a concern. There might be a little glitch, Harry, in the way that um, that people are receiving services who are on Medicare. If if they are, yeah. um, you know, Medicaid will, as Gretchen said, Medicaid will cover um, detox, inpatient treatment, and in most ca- in many cases, I found out Medicare doesn't, which is just alarming to me. Wow, that is a that's a that's something they need to button up, and that, that would, tighten that up. Yeah, that would be a that would be a federal issue, of course, yes. but a major one. And. Yeah, unless the state came up with a plan, you know, a health plan for people on Medicare that would supplement. I mean, that's another workaround. Yeah, we've learned a lot of things that, you know, come across that are surprising. Like, for example, um, most EMS carry Narcan, but they're not required to by law, which we thought was interesting. Um, you know, and all policemen, not necessarily all police uh, carry Narcan either. So it's. You know, we're, as we go through this, there's things to us that, you know, become surprising and we learn things at each review. Um, so it's been right. an interesting process. Harry, yesterday I learned about a new form of naloxone. Naloxone is the generic of the trade name Narcan, which when I attended, uh, when I'm, when I attended my first Narcan training, because really Narcan was the only uh, you know, item out there, the, the brand name um, that was available. I'm sure they had generic naloxone, but um, it was a two milligram dose of Narcan. It was actually in a little glass vial uh, that you might see a nurse in, put a, a needle through the, the top, you know, the rubber portion at the top and draw it up into the needle. And, and that's the way I learned how to do it was to do an intramuscular shot. Um, thank heavens I never was called on to do that, but I had that Narcan kit with me in the glass vial with the needle, and um, but it was two milligrams. That was the dose. The, there's a new product that's out there that's eight milligrams, four times what was initially the the average dose, the regular dose for someone who has overdosed because of fentanyl. Now we are we're looking at a product that's and it, it's essentially four doses of Narcan in one nasal spray. Wow, it's just fascinating. 
because because the, the drugs are getting stronger, there's more fentanyl in them. There, there is no test for the purity or, or how strong a drug is. We have tests now that we are going to start distributing soon uh, to measure whether something has fentanyl in it or not. But it just doesn't tell you how much. I mean, is this fentanyl, Dr. Bob and Gretchen, fentanyl is one of the great threats, I mean, of all time because so little can do so much damage. Just a few grains of it can do damage, and we're going to be, you know, doing some um, partnering with JTAC, uh, Lori Smith, as Bob said earlier, um, to do some um, billboards to hopefully educate people of how how dangerous it is. It is, but it is everywhere. When you look at, uh, I've seen statistics where uh, the drugs that the police are getting off the street and they go to the labs for analysis. You know, ten years ago, heroin was pure; there was no fentanyl in it. Now it's exactly opposite. There's very little heroin in it. It's actually all fentanyl. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the DEA is, is uh, estimating four out of uh, 40% of the pills that are on uh, the market are uh, have fentanyl in it. And I expect that will just be increasing. Um, it, it's in every, uh, we're finding it in every drug. And even there's been some antidotal uh, evidence uh, in Rhode Island that it's even been in some uh, some marijuana. Um, so it, it is a, a concern to everyone because it is so deadly and so little is needed. I mean, we see all these examples where police officers or it could be first responders just being around it. They, they wind up uh, some have died, actually, but many wind up in the hospital. It, it is really becoming such a problem and and evidently you you all would know this better than i but it's just used to cut so many things uh because obviously for profit sake uh very very dangerous i mean folks out there you just don't know you're 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 playing a game of russian roulette because you just don't know what's in uh, in in the, the different things that you may decide to take I know there are people that go online and get certain things, and it could be uh, opiates, and then it's cut with fentanyl, and we we see all these tragedies of people that pass away. It's it's. Would you say? I mean, I've heard it used. Is is it? Does this qualify literally uh, as an epidemic? Well, I think the opioid I epidemic. How about well, and then by by extension, fentanyl too, right? Yes, um, and I think fentanyl is just becoming, as you said, such a problem. It's in everything. Um, as we as the deaths we were reviewing, it's in over ninety percent of the the deaths that we see. Wow, um, and there are other, but because people are taking other drugs unknowingly that there's fentanyl in there. So you know if they're taking cocaine there's going to be cocaine and fentanyl but um you know it is a it is a crisis that's cutting across um you know every class and without regard to you know your profession your your race your social standing it's just it's the epidemic that's cutting across everywhere wow final five or so minutes dr bob yeah i want to throw in one thing and that is is that fentanyl is also being pressed into illegal pills. Now, I don't want anybody who's listening to be concerned about the pills that they get from their pharmacy because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about illicit pills and perhaps capsules that are sold on the street as drugs. Yep. 
uh, and they may look very much like real pills. They have they are pressed with a with a pill presser machine that is similar to what the pharmaceutical companies use. They look real. They are sold as either codeine or um, oxycotton or you know, oxycodone or you know any of Vicodin, any of the pain relieving pills that are trafficked on the street. They are almost identical. Uh, the only person who could tell them apart would be either a pharmacist or a, somebody in a lab um, or somebody with a microscope. I mean, to, to look at the, you know, but but these this is very dangerous because uh, about 200,000 of these were seized in Colorado about a, a week ago. 200,000 in one bust. I mean, so we're talking about, you know, a, a proliferation of illegal pills that may or, or are likely do contain fentanyl. Yeah, I, I saw this uh, beautiful mom and it was involving her teenage son. Her teenage son had so many great attributes. I mean, it was a it was a wonderful story in terms of the child's background and then horrific uh, the demise of the child. The child got uh, opioids the, the wrong way uh, and took one. And he was gone. Okay. Mm-hmm. As we read all these cases, it, you know, there, you know, we've mentioned the number 63, but those were 63 lives. Yes. And, you know, we, we try to honor them uh, so that someone else doesn't have to go through this. But, you know, each of those lives, you know, sometimes we see that their pictures of their obituaries. We, we hear about how uh, talented they were musically how much they, you know, we, we hear about the person and it's, um, it, it's, you know, so it's important because it, these are numbers, but they're all people. And, you know, you have to really look at that. Just like this beautiful mom lost her, her wonderful son. These stories are they just, every one of these people was special to someone. No doubt. That's very well said, Gretchen. Dr. Bob, in about four minutes' time, uh, what do you want to close with? Well, uh, I want to thank Gretchen for um, her tremendous work, the work of the team, the work of our reviewers, our, you know, volunteers in many cases. And um, we, we, uh, you know, it's not something we look forward to, but we are, and we're not excited about it, but it is, it's really interesting. It's one of the most unusual things in which I've been involved in my 27 plus years at APR. Um, and, um, and, you know, we do, um, we're seeking answers. We're seeking answers to questions that many people are asking, um, besides us in, in the treatment and the prevention community, but family members and friends, and uh, we, we need to do something. And this is a, just a very brief start in trying to address this issue. And Gretchen, before you go, and then we'll give Bob the final couple of minutes of his show, I, I just strongly believe the work that you and your team and your great team are doing uh, is so important that we get this information because I believe the information that you will get that won't be anecdotal at the point that you'll have enough of it, it'll be empirical, can help save lives. That's our goal. Yeah, I know it Thank is. Thank you, Harry. All the best, Gretchen. You know it. Good work. Keep it Keep it going. Thank you, Gretchen. I'll see you later today. Hey, Bob, you must be so proud of the work uh, that is being produced by Atlantic Prevention Resources. Well, I am, and it, it, it ceases to amaze me. It, it doesn't cease to amaze me. It, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, this team is my dream team. I've mentioned that before. Um, these are um, three people, three individuals who uh, 
one of them used to work for APR many years ago and left to work in education. Gretchen worked for the county and then went into education for you know up to two decades and retired. Um, and Dorothy also retired. And um, we we brought them out of retirement for this project part time. And they, you know, started out hesitantly, but now are just like absolutely gangbusters. Um, it is. And Brooke, who uh, was a recent graduate of Temple University, um, she got her master's in public health there. Um, she was our data manager part time for the OFRT. Um, she was crunching all the numbers and doing the reporting to the state Department of Health. But she was so phenomenal that I hired her full time uh, to do some other work for the agency because I was so impressed. Uh, I mean, imagine when you put this together and you're able to connect dots, you'll be able to do that. There will be certain similarities that will just pop off the pages. And then you you that now have this data that can be so helpful here and anywhere. I think it's really great work. Thank you very much. Yeah, without a doubt. Final minute. We continue to value our. We continue to value our fourteen plus year partnership with you. Maybe fifteen now. I don't yeah. remember exactly when we started, but um, it's been a long time. And um, and we um, we look forward to you know continuing this and participating in your events and and your sponsorship of our events and things like that. Appreciate I you, Bob. Really, you know really, it. Uh, Honor that. Thank you. Until we meet again. Great program. Very educational. Right. Thank you, sir. He is Dr. Bob Zlotnick. This was Atlantic Prevention Resources presents Under the Influence. This is a monthly program presented by Atlantic Prevention Resources starring Dr. Bob Zlotnick. And he always brings great guests by as well. And it, it really does fly by. Uh, I've got to go for now, but I shall return. We're working on uh, a pretty interesting piece. Uh, Dateline Atlantic City. Look for that in the next hour or so and i'll be back in 19 hours and 54 minutes my good friend brian kilmeade takes the wpg talk radio 95.5 microphone from here and of course you know all the great uh, teammates that follow uh, including mark lee and van camp and then sean and mark levin and so on